Mm-hmm. How are you, Terry? How are you? Hey, how's it going? 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 Hey, We'll give you some comments and some questions from fans. <laughs> like so, what about the OG, Eddie? Everything. Everything. <laughs> all barred here. Yeah. Funny yeah. thanks you forgot the OG. Oh, <laughs> you had to go on the open. The bogey bus is coming at everybody. They bury Yankee Man, Gary Lennon and Gary Parsons And so easy's opponent, the stats here keeps on showing So if you are a bogey, get on and move your body Barry, Barry, what Barry say now he went a psycho game Dressed as a boiler, Barry, Barry, what Barry say now he leaves us all confused The bogey bus is coming and everybody and this is episode 107 and um, we're going to talk the Sligo game our last trip outside of Dublin this season unfortunately Prof um, Mick McCarthy and Arm Rice select wingers for all time 11 and uh, we have some special guests coming in and it's Terry Parma and Richie Porter so two fan favourites back in the day and they'll be with us in a little while they'll be so, here with us back in a very echoey Johnny Blue's bar yeah there's, it's wood and just bare concrete all around it's been done up so it won't be It's we haven't got anything to cushion the the blow, so a few carpets is probably needed, prof, and some egg, some egg, some egg boxes. But uh, we'll be back. We'll be back up and running soon enough. We'll be, it's it's bare. It's like it's a great description by Maloney. It's yeah. like uh, Tala in the first game, in our Rovers first game. Tala, you know, it's the bare bones. There's nothing on the walls, but we'll be back and back up and running soon. Um, yeah, so we're onto some news. It's confirmed that we are in the south stand in the Aviva Stadium, prof. Happy enough with that. Yeah, definitely. You gotta be happy with that. That's what yeah. we want, isn't it? That's the one, yeah. And uh, Lee Grace and Aaron Green made the shortlist for the League Player of the Month award for September. So Greener, Greener could do it. Would this be his first ever award? Possibly, possibly first ever Player of the Month award. I didn't look that up. I'd say uh, it would be a fair. I'll check it out. Uh, Lee Grace as well. I think I think Greener would be a worthy winner and well deserved as well. And he's won two. Two in a row for the club player of the month as well. Yeah. So it's been a good couple of months for Greener, and you think he's eight and ten, eight goals and ten games. So it's yeah. been a good return. Uh, and a reminder of the club player of the month award winner so far: we have February Grace, March with Bulger, April Joey O'Brien, May Trevor Clark, June Pico Lopez, July was Born, August and September is Green. So uh, a couple of fruitful months for the lads. I heard someone on the bus saying that because Sean Cavanagh still hasn't won it yet, he's going to make sure he wins the last one. Even if he wasn't the best player that month, he's just going to hack the vote and make <laughs> sure he wins because he just he needs to win once. Uh, speaking of Greener, James Lowe and Tuhi have a 20 euro bet. They wanted this announced in the podcast, or at, least, right. at least Tuhi did. Of course he does. James reckons that Greener will score 20 league goals next season. 20 league goals. Johnny Blue is yeah. back. Finishing off the walls. 
Waiting for the shamrock roll, worst colours. Yeah, you painted me last week to buy the paint. More straight. We get balls colours now. <laughs> we don't get the paint in, he's threatening to torn at the balls. And he wants to go with hot balls. So James reckons the Green will score 20 league goals next season. How tough he keeps suckering people into these bets, I don't know. He's Well, I, I initiated the last one though, because... And you still haven't paid him. I still haven't paid him. Uh, Shazzy can still come back and score 20 goals. You never know. So when Shazzy retires, then... I'll pay you. So other than that, right. um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I bet that Jazzy would score twenty goals. I don't think he even made twenty appearances. Yeah. So uh, it was an awful, awful bet. I forgot to mention this. Uh, James Lowe is not actually the only Rovers fan under thirty who knows what it's like to win the cup anymore. Do you know why? Go on. Because he recently discovered that another Sporting Fingal fan ended up following Rovers. Who was this? It was the guy who used to play the drum at the Fingal games. And is he following Rovers now? Yeah. What's his name? I don't know his name, but uh, James just saw him one day going to the game with Tyler. When they see each other, is it that yeah. moment? <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, back to Pico again, best of luck. Uh, Togo and Congo, they're pretty cool. So we're going to play them. And oh, it's in Marseille. So yeah. he's going to France. So a little. So will we? He will miss the what game? Uh, Harps. Miss the Harps game. All right. So Many cool. gone. Some Sean Sean Callan. Sean Callan. What will we step in from? So Yeah. So Pat's bottled Europe. Uh, they've been terrible. So uh, gotta be happy with that. Weird stat I noticed. Don't know if it means anything, but in the last eleven. Premier Division games. Okay. Only air game in Dundalk. Both teams scored in. So, say again? The last 11 Premier Division games. Yeah. Air game against Dundalk. We lost 3 2. The only one where both teams scored. BTS. The rest were 4 0 all draws and wins with clean sheets. 4 0 all draws. Jesus. Nice few quid for that one. Um, prediction League. Dean is on top with 117 points. Jake is second with 113. And Tifties are in a lowly ninth place. I've been keeping up with it. I've been doing it every week. Uh, we're terrible. Well, I'm terrible. You you're, were terrible. You were terrible. You got sacked. So I'm sacked as well. I recall getting a clean sweep and then retiring. <laughs> I, no, I got a clean sweep. That's what I recall. I got a, I got a clean sweep. But you claimed it. But no, <laughs> uh, we're going to do it again next year because it's been great. What was the prize again? 250 quid. Yeah, yeah twenty five people in, ten are ahead. It's been uh, it's been class. So great idea from Aussie Nate, who uh, joined us for an L point. So, and the same with James Lowe. We had a point in the margin pre meeting, pre members meeting, and must have been killing him to not go. He, had, he was making up for uh, for not getting out of bed last week, so he was he's, 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 he couldn't go to Sligo. So um, speaking of Dean Gravy, uh, do you think maybe he should win the banjo before Manhunt Award because? When I saw him coming home, I was like, let's give him the award. It, well, it's no, yeah. some, someone else. Someone else was really bad early on the bus yesterday. Oh, my God. Somebody was really bad early on anyway. But, um, yeah, so we'll move on to nil all. It's like on Saturday. Graham Cummins started up front with Graham still in the team. Eaton came in for Joey. Lafferty replaced the suspended league Grace. Graham Burke was sprung from the bench later in the game. Uh, Graham, Graham Cummins was, was stupid. I stupid thought we wouldn't see him again. Stupid thing. Why are you playing? It makes no sense. Just play a Lua. Had to start. Was a Lua even on the bench? He didn't come on. No. Crazy. 
I don't know, maybe he's injured. I don't know. Or maybe he had a 19s game earlier on and they didn't bring him over. Could have, but either way, I thought it was a perfect opportunity for a young striker to get some minutes or time. Just didn't happen. Still no Neil Frugia in the match day squad. Some of us actually went to Sligo to see him play. With the anticipation of seeing Frugia, yeah, yeah and, and singing, Neil Frugia goes down the wing for me. Yeah. Never so, seen so many typos in a team sheet, by the way. Was it bad? Honest to God. And that that uh, type of thing, I'd say, does your nut in, does it? I can accept one, but I mean, two or three. Like, do you know what? Like, I know I, 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 I struggle with some pronunciations as regards to some some names at times. But that's one thing that annoys me as well. Like, normal names being mispronounced purely. Yeah, it's like stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like that really a, does me in it. Aaron with three R's or whatever. It was. Yeah, A A Ron. It was only Aaron. I think it was an R instead of a second A. But uh, also when the team news went up, Sean Callan's brother replied on Twitter and he pointed out that he's been injured for a couple of weeks. But sure, we can only go on what Bradshaw tells us. Yep. He didn't mention this Callan injury. So we, we started off with the Abbo. Was there yep. a departure point? Well, we'll, we'll, start, we'll, we'll go through what... Well, we'll only start off in the Malden, then we went to the members meeting, then we went to the mm-hmm. Abbo. Soaked. And uh, John Connolly springs out of a car. So John ditched us. Absolutely soaked walking to the album, so he we didn't give him the OAP ray for the bus. But the members' meeting went very well. Um, pretty much, I mean, the club said this in a release statement. These these are just the highlights. The members' club will consider the information provided today and shortly convene a general meeting to formally vote on accepting or rejecting the proposals. Should the proposals be accepted by the membership, the new ownership structure of Shamrock Rovers will be made up of the members' club fifty percent, Ray Wilson. 24%, Mr. Dermot Desmond, 24%. Shamrock Rovers has evolved from being a members-owned entity in 2005 to a hybrid model in 2016 when a partnership structure was developed by Mr. Ray Wilson. This proposal is the latest potential evolution in the hybrid model of a fan ownership combined with a private ownership and is a structure that the board of directors of the members' club feel is a long-term sustainable model that will propel Shamrock Rovers forward on and off the pitch. In a note to club members, Mr. Desmond confirmed that he, should he become a shareholder in Shamrock Rovers, his intention is not in pursuit of monetary gain and there is no financial or asset play. Mr. Desmond stated that his sole motivation in considering this investment is to advance the cause of Shamrock Rovers. Mr. Desmond is especially interested in supporting Shamrock Rovers' ambitious plans to further develop the club's academy and building on the very strong foundations laid by the club in recent years. Mr. Desmond sees any involvement with Shamrock Rovers as more akin to a trustee than a shareholder. So... It's, it's all very positive. We were at the meeting. I won't say too much. But it's all very positive and there wasn't many dissenters. There's a couple of good questions raised and that but it's going to be... Uh, I, my personal opinion is I think it'll go ahead. Uh, I think we've made it prof as well because we were shot down at a members meeting. So we're we're officially... We've got, officially we've got a shout out. Yeah, we got a shout out. Um, so basically it's going to be a threesome. Yes. It's going to be the members. And Dermot Desmond. Yeah, all in bed together. Bit of a tryst. Bit of a tryst. Yeah, so it's it's a, it's a good thing. I don't think it's, we won't say too much about it, but I'm very happy with what potentially is on the table. And as you said to me off air, it's actually not as complicated no. as first mooted. Yeah, we, we because we were in the dark about it, we, we just thought there's going to be a lot to it. It's not as complicated as we thought, and it's pretty straightforward. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So we'll see what happens. I, I reckon the vote will be unanimous, so... Uh, yeah, we're going to move on to our bus. 
And the last minute bus cancellations decimate us. Yeah, Gary texted me. Three in the morning, people. Gary texted me in early in the morning, Sunday, and he was like, list of hatred, these people. I mean, list of hatred all day. Yeah, we had a lot on the day itself, five, I think. Um, we scraped it, and then with a few quid left over, we gave to the Ultras, and we gave the Sacred Heart youth team. So everybody was happy. And yeah, now a couple of points beforehand. Ozzy Nate joined us, just to frustrate himself <laughs> even more, I'd say. That he wasn't gone, but he joined us for a point, and uh, congrats to him as well because he got his house. So and yeah, he's only near Tallis, so big shout out to Ozzy Nate, and it's a very very uh, happy time for him. Stone's very Stroll. busy time, but he's a, it's a happy time. Stone's troll from the stadium. So. Stone's troll, yeah. That was. I'm big... sure he has a saying. We say a Stone's troll as in yeah. something's close. To you. I'd love to hear the Australian version. Ozzy like, Nate, control control box of frogs at it or something, <laughs> like, something ridiculous. Box of frogs. <laughs> yeah, so it us. We had the famous. Ryan Usher on with his uh, celebrity. entourage, yeah. Surprised he didn't get a limousine down. I know, yeah, King's Chair onto it. I thought I'd have to email his publicists if I wanted to get word with him. But uh, the fight <laughs> the fight didn't happen, Gar. You made peace. Yeah, it was. I, I, I'd have done him anyway, you know. I didn't want to hurt him. I said, <laughs> he needs that face for press. He's a face for radio anyway, we'll say that much. He said he was supposed to be with his missus again. And I'm noticing the pattern here. <laughs> How are they still together? I love, I love them. We might as well tell that story about what we were talking about. Me and Tommy Kelly on the back of the bus, in-depth conversation about tactics, about rovers, and just to have no one of those deep conversations you get involved with. And I'm looking over at Usher, and his face is just sorry. He's looking into space. The, bo- no, the no bottom lip is dropping. Yeah, the jaws kind of open, and he turns around. Me and Tommy deep conversation, and he goes, "I will fight anyone on this bus." <laughs> You couldn't write this stuff. Oh, I was a bit. Oh, he's a he's a madman, and he made the bus great crack. So fair play, and I hope we see him again. And he made a good point as well. Me and him, you know, you're you know, you're all drunk and heart to hearts. So we're on the way, and it's pissing rain, and he goes, "Oh, you, wouldn't, I don't know anyone on this bus." Like, and he, and he was just happy that we're all we're starting to come together as as a fan base. Everybody's starting to get to know each other. So it was a good point that he made. You got a lot of grief about the fox and the, the prank call. Oh, yeah. Tommy, yeah. Kelly's, Tommy Kelly's young fella must have asked, What does what the fox the, say? What does the fox say, Usher? He had the microphone, he must have said it about 20 times. <laughs> Lads at the back of the bus were saying, like, Say it, Usher. Say yeah. it. It's, it's the like, meme, the Simpsons it, meme. It's like Bart, I didn't do it, boy. Yeah. Say the line, Bart. <laughs> what, Usher? I love how uh, randomly during the way down, story time just broke out. I, do you know what? We all just started telling the story. That wasn't that deadly. That was great. That was nost- it was real nostalgic. Like Wally kicked it off. Absolute man man drinking from a bottle of rum. Yo yeah. ho ho and the fucking bottle of rum. He literally was drinking rum straight. And do you know what? It was gorgeous. It was a bottle of rum from Marks and Spencer. A bit of cinnamon in it. A bit of clove. Better culture, as me and Wally say. Better culture, and um, nearly all the stories about Rob Tarmy. Yeah, and just madness. Great, great. It was good though. Everybody and everybody was just listening, and then back to madness straight after. It. But El Mary Faye had a few songs dedicated to her. If if yeah, if, if anyone hasn't noticed by now, there was a there was a balls under tens WhatsApp group. Please sirens and please sirens. Yeah, <laughs> some. One, one, of the, one of the parents put in a poem over tits by accident <laughs> and it's gone viral so a couple of songs dedicated to her uh, we had the Oasis song for Dan Lambert we had the hoops of having a party we're going to Lansdowne Road on the bus and the Sligo fans quite a lot 
so they lost their cup semi-final here six days earlier so it was always a bit of there's always been a bite with us and them isn't there? and don't forget Dermot Desmond's green and white army Dermot oh. Desmond's green and white army built yeah. that one out a few times you challenged your your inner whack gear making public announcements on the bus yeah the that was the the five side just everything everything in general yeah. just, just the old yeah. we were telling us how far we were from the ground <laughs> oh yeah we yeah. inner whack still I can't match whack whack has something else um, yeah so the, the five side keep tuned I'm gonna announce it probably when when we when we when this comes out. So it'll be announced by then, and we'll start getting the teams in. Connor Foley said he's off it. Can you believe he was drinking Heineken Zero, Heineken or whatever it is? Was it zero? Non-alcoholic one. Just yeah. drink something else. Don't fucking drink. If you're not drinking, I think you're just killing yourself by not having non-alcoholic beer. Like. The young man was unrecognizable. He was. He was a shadow of himself, and I told him here, snap it over. He must, it must have been an amazing experience for him. Fucking hell. Watching a game sober for the first time. Hor- I'd say, he said it on the chat, he said, horrendous. Horrendous being sober. And it is. It is horrendous. Again, like a Simpsons meme, like Homer watching the baseball. <laughs> Just standing there with a blank expression. I never realised how boring this game really is. <laughs> is it so but, uh, weird? I was expecting like a deep tactical analysis by Barry by the end of the night. And then he goes back on the drink the following week, and then you never hear anything <laughs> again from him. Have we got? Are we got? We have to talk about the Kinderbino King. Oh, do we? Brian Cairns. He I should think it was win, Brian, wasn't it? He should win the banjo before Man in the Water. Banjo. He should actually keep the trophy for the rest of the and, season, and then you have to honest. win it off him. Yeah. Because he was banjo beyond recognition, <laughs> and I think he, he he must have not a tooth left in his head because he'd about ten packets of pastels, he'd loads of Kinderbinos. <laughs> he must have fleeced the shop. So the usual carry on, uh, parking in the car park, and then the march to Mooney's. Um, well, there wasn't a march; she was just walked there. Yeah, sure, prof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the usual spot that we drink in. I like there's a couple of bars in the town. I like, but we just didn't have the time. We got there for quarter to seven. So uh, once again, Yokes, our bus driver, absolute legend, puts the foot down and he doesn't fuck yeah. about. So. An old Sligo couple started talking to us outside. Uh, they were lovely. Yeah. They were actually adorable. I mean, yeah. they, they were like at least 85 years old. Definitely. And they're just going red and white the game together. Yeah, red and white scarves on. Engaging in the bands about the, the cup final. Yeah, they were. They were, <laughs> they were great. They were good sports. So you were just talking to this elderly couple. And then at the end, Gary just goes, keep it lit. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to some of the Pines Mafia uh, when I got into the ground. Uh, they were all highly amused by Gaffney calling me the Doc. The Doc, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, is is it a promotion or a demotion? They, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on your on your, doc. on your persuasion, doesn't it? I reckon he got me confused with the late Doctor Tony O'Neill, his old UCD manager. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Gaff, I, I reckon they they won't let him. If if he, if it wasn't intentional and he it was a slip of the tongue they'll they'll butcher him for that as well there's no room for messing around in the points Matthew yeah so Sligo better chances in the first 15 minutes uh, Twardek uh, had a chance saved from Al there wasn't really much going on it was a battle it wasn't didn't have a dead rubber field with there was a bit of a bit of needle but other than that when I walked away from the game I was kind of like ah it's a crap game but yeah, in hindsight, for for an end of season game with nothing at stake, it actually wasn't too bad. Yeah, great save from Al from the Cali free as well. Yeah, that's probably the best save of the game. Um, did a goal disallowed from the resulting corner. Uh, that was good because you're right beside their fans yeah. through the fence, so you get to 
you know, mocked him for that celebration. <laughs> mocked him. Uh, McGinty made um, saves, second half, prof. That's pretty much jumped straight into the second half. Cause McGinty impressed again, didn't he? Yeah. People thinking of him as a potential long-term replacement for maybe so. Big Al. If we hold on to Big Al next season, yeah. good understudy maybe. 20-year-old Glaswegian, former yeah. Celtic youth. By the way, Sligo, uh, no Romeo Parks, uh, no recognised striker at all. No. Cochrane, he mm. wouldn't even be a recognised striker. Uh, the one-on-one... Was it was it Greener one on one or Finn one on one and we should have scored. I think Finn was one on one. Greener was the one where he burst through himself on the break. Yeah, no, the one on one was was Finn then, wasn't it? Yeah. Like you should score then. Yeah. Let's be honest. Green hit the bar as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think people in unanimous agreement. Finn man the match. Yeah. Yeah. Put his foot through the ball, Greener when he great hit the crossbar as well. Yeah, Finn Finn was brilliant. It just bundles of energy, hasn't he? Yeah, and that's what he brings when you play him on the not not so much the right wing. It was right side of midfield, cloud, box, whatever we call yeah. it. Yeah, the but, green one. Uh, they were still protesting over a penalty decision. Yeah, and then we hit them on the counter, and greener like, again, bro. First time yeah, the counter teams. That's, that's two in a month now. Jeez. Yeah. I love he looked very confident. I love the way he just ran at the defense and on his right foot as well. Put his boot through it on his right foot. Off the crossbar and yeah. up over. That would have been a super oh, goal. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. And uh, Green, once again, he runs He runs for days. He's, yeah. His work rate is just admirable. Uh, we pushed for a goal at the end with a Brando volley wide. And uh, as RTE said, an entertaining stalemate, which I'd agree with. They, yeah. It kept us there. There was a bit of atmosphere. We kept the atmosphere going as well. We were pretty good. I think they what stand up for Sligo or some shite, whatever they, they all started standing up. Probably the old couple were the noisiest one, wherever they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're still without a win at the showground since yeah. March 2016. Do you want to know my personal dismal record at this venue here? 3 nil loss. Oh, lovely. 1-0 loss. Okay. Nil-nil draw. Okay. 2-1 loss. <laughs> and nil-nil draw. <laughs> I've seen one bleeding goal out here. One goal. Who got it? Greener this year. Greener. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, when he celebrated yeah. in front of them. But at least the podcast post remains unbeaten, Gar. Unbeaten. Just we, for the record, that one in Sligo in May, that was a John Connolly bus. <laughs> this was co-run by Tifties and JC. So, so it was a it was it was yeah. it was a fantastic bus, went off without a hitch, the usual crack, yeah. and it really was it was great. It was a good crack, wasn't it? With that yeah. crap I was drinking, the dragon soup. Dragon soup. Jesus Christ. It's just like putting Spoons of sugar in your mouth. It's eight percent though. It's nice to have a few sips, but I couldn't imagine you drinking. Couldn't drink a whole can. I was giving it to everybody. Eight percent, yeah. lethal stuff. Yeah, lethal gear. Um, coming home, uh, I was in a taxi with uh, with Ryan and and John Conley, and what a fitting end to the night. Go on. We're coming down Kimmage Road, and what appears in the headlights? A fox. And runs across the road. What did it say? A fox. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. Yeah, it was great. Really was. And uh, yeah, so we've three games left, all in Dublin. Home to Harps, away to UCD, and home to Cork. Uh, Booker made the point that uh, imagine we were still in a title race, and that was uh, our running. It won't fall like that again ever. All against, against three all teams. All against that... the bottom three. Unbelievable. Um, we still wouldn't get nine points. No. <laughs> We had to put our centre-back poll up a bit earlier this week because we're recording on a Sunday. But as of this afternoon, Peter Eccles and Jacko McDonough won the Milltown era poll with 73 and 18 votes, respectively, and only four for Ronnie Nolan and two for Noel Sinnott. And centre-halves post-1987. 
This is by far our closest. Oh my poll. god, look at this! Look at this. Lee Gray 74, Dan Murray 73, Craig Simbez 52, Ooh. and Terry Palmer, who will be joining us very shortly, he got only four, four. votes. So, so we got Grace and Murray going into our team. Oh, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd want Simbez of Murray. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it sounds like a great partnership, Murray and. And Grace, but Grace and Sivez is just dream stuff for me. That'd be that'd be class. And um, yeah. yeah, so next People up, have spoken, yeah. so we have uh, next up on Royce and Mick McCarty picking wingers. Now, picking wingers is it's a tricky one because we actually don't have any at the moment. No, but it's something that I love. I love a good winger, pace and power. So up next we have Owen and Mick. It's time once again for Tifty Shamrogara's All Time Eleven, and today we're going to talk about wingers. So allow me to introduce our experts. We've got Mick McCarthy. He'll select his best four wide men up to and including the last season at Milltown. And alongside him here is Owen Rice, who will nominate four touchline hugging hoops who played from 1987 onwards. So just a note on where we're recording. Actually, we're upstairs in the pines. They actually gave Mick McCarthy the keys, didn't they? <laughs> The full house, bar, free bar, and all you can drink. But uh, it's too early for you. Your, your first time. Lock us in. This is going to be a very long this podcast. Is a lock <laughs> this is a lock-in. <laughs> this is a lock-in, lads. The real thing. Your first time in the points. It is. This is my points debut. And, I mean, talk about being brought into the inner sanctum, given the keys to upstairs on my debut. I mean, that's that's hat trick against balls on the face. debut you stuff, isn't it? You have the honest face, Don. You have the honest face. You've the face of a lawn. That's And Owen says he has the face of uh, Dermot Desmond. Quite the lookalike. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I have, but not the money. <laughs> and I'd say no more. Yeah. If you're wondering where Dermot is during the, uh, today's members' meetings, actually here in the points. Yeah, so these are, all, these are all in the wrong place up in Tala. <laughs> We're down here <laughs> discussing the real thing. So just to clarify this, because there's been uh, many variations of this position down through the years, we mean any type of winger whatsoever. So inside left, outside right, whatever, you name it. So, and as, as always, the rule is that Owen is uh, not allowed to pick a player who debuted in the Milltown era, and neither of you are allowed to choose a player who has already been nominated in a different position. For example, Cody and Brady, they're already nominated for fullbacks so they don't not eligible Mick so we're going to start with Mick give us your first winger first winger well I, di- I didn't even have to think about this uh, Carl uh, it's Frank O'Neill from me the one and only Frank O'Neill uh, probably the best winger i ever seen in football and I would put him as probably in the top three in Shamrock Rovers as a player <coughs> Frank had everything Frank had speed, skill. The only thing he very seldom done was he very seldom cut in, cut inside. He always went, you could bring a player to a foot from the end line and still be on the outside. And there was only one player, I was thinking about coming up in the bus this morning, there was only one player and his name was uh, Ray O'Brien, he played with Shelbourne. He would be the nearest person that ever got near his Knicks. The rest... I've seen country players, especially the Cork lads, who jumped in and they'd be left on their backsides. But Frank would go down within a foot of the end line and still take a player on the outside, which to me is an art. And I nominate Frank O'Neill. 
be the best winger ever. Record 20 caps, what he was at, Shamrock Rovers, that'll never be beaten. No, never be beaten, I don't think so. It's the, the most caps ever uh, for a Shamrock Rovers player. He went away, he played for Arsenal, I'm not sure on the first team, and uh, came back in the early 60s. And he was there up to 70. And I think he went on to home farm after that. But he was the player for me. I remember Mick, Mick uh, Lawler talking about him, and he said that he would not only fire in pinpoint accurate crosses, but he would get his head up so he would know exactly who he was aiming for as he would cross it, which is rare nowadays. Yes, that's correct, yeah. He, he could. He, he, when he was beating a player, his head was nearly on the ground. But he had this swagger about him that he could come up like a like a hawk and he'd just swing her over and it would be all into one movement, you know what I mean? And it was always outside, that's what stands out about. And any of the people that's still around, please God, there's a lot of them, would tell you, he went on the outside all the time. Very seldom cut inside and the head would go up. And look, he just made goals but for the Bobbies, for the Bobby Gilbert for the Jackie Mooney's, for the Mick Leach's, for the Damien Richards. He was just, he made goals whoever was in the centre forward. Just made goals. And to me, as I said, the best winger ever. So, Alan, give us your first choice. Possibly go in chronological order. So, uh, your first one, I suppose, who first played with us. Uh, well, Let's see, I'm probably going to get, well, I'm not sure if it's quite, I don't think it's quite chronological, but I suppose my first choice would be, on the face of it, an unusual choice, because he only played half a season with us, and we were relegated that season, so not a great track record, but Paddy McCourt uh, is probably, uh, same as Mick, same with Frank, for me, Paddy McCourt's probably the best player I've ever seen play for Rovers, uh, you know, a, a brief Rovers career, yeah. but he could do things with the ball that I've never seen anyone uh, do, his close control was just... You know, I mean, you could you could use lose days of your life watching YouTube videos yeah. of Paddy McCourt. You know, um, we only had him briefly, and I remember uh, Roddy signed him. You know, in fairness to Roddy, he didn't get much right, but he he brought in Paddy. But I remember at a, a fans meeting before that season, so this would have been sometime in you know winter 2004 or something. Um, Roddy was giving an update on his squad, and I remember he said something like he was talking about Paddy. And he said something like, you know, I'm bringing over this kid from Rochdale. And when he opens his legs, you won't believe it. And, of course, the whole place just burst out laughing, you know. But um, but he was right, you know, and, and you could see it straight away. Um, he did a couple of very famous things, his goals against Bray. Were you there for that one? I was, yeah, yeah. And actually, my favourite thing about that, f- that, f- that famous goal against Bray was Trevor Malloy's reaction. Yeah. Uh, if you watch yeah. it, he's down yeah. the bottom of the screen. He just puts his, his he- hands on his head. He just can't believe what he's yeah. seen, you know. But he scored another, uh, like, a 35-yard screamer against Finn Harps, I think, the next week. Um, and as I said, a brief career, but just in terms of raw talent, I've never seen anything like Stuck that. Stuck in your mind. Okay, Mick, your second choice. Uh, my second choice is another one that I'd, I didn't have to think too much about. And as uh, a lot of people know, he is a friend of mine, but it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Inside inside left, uh, Mick Leach. For for two reasons, is his goals. And then he was a club man, he was a Shamrock Rovers man. And uh, he, people forget that he, play, he play, played in the late 70s for Rovers as well after being away for two or three years so I go for Mick Leach 
he's 56 goals he scored in uh, one season there's nobody other than the Northern Ireland lad Cafferty or something done it as well and uh, Mick played on then and then we could move on and we won the, the League Cup in 77 or whatever it was and he scored a winner from people always said Mick got top ins Mick scored a goal from 40 yards and Robbie Gaffney was standing beside him so he's a witness to that Robbie played on that team so I would nominate uh, Mick Leach to be the uh, inside left inside forward people might be curious what, where did he play most in his career was he as a centre forward or was he on the no, on wide position always number 10 always number 10 inside forward but see after after that after the seventies, inside forwards went went. They were either midfielders or they were full backs or they were you know what I mean? Yeah. Attacking full backs and all. And as I said to you there, Mick was always an inside forward, inside left. Okay, so all in your second choice? So um mine's obviously a lot more recent, but uh, second choice I'm gonna give to Billy Denny. Uh, Denny is a lad who sort of uh, I suppose probably divides opinion a little bit but I always think you know he was a goal scoring winger um, he won two league titles the Satanta Cup got us helped yeah. you play Europa League group stages he was part of our probably most successful ever team you could say um, and he scored a lot of goals in those years he was the club's top scorer in 2011 when we won the league you know scoring Twiggy Outscored Twiggy, yeah. I think he might have matched them, or maybe pipped them by one or something. But anyway, it was, you know, he like his contribution was huge. Um, and the funny thing is, when you're looking back at wingers, like I always think in every Rovers team, there's always one player who the fans have a bit of a go at. Like every single Rovers team, there's always one. And Billy got a bit of stick, but when you're looking at the wingers, you realize it's often the wingers the fans kind of pick on yeah. you know you've got Billy Sean O'Connor like you Stephen Grant a few years before then yeah, got a yeah. bit you know and um, I think you know wingers kind of by their nature sort of drift in and out of games yeah. they're not they're not putting in the big tackles maybe and things like that and, and but you know I just think Billy's contribution was enormous he scored a huge number of goals in fact I actually think Billy should have been played as a forward um, now no manager ever did so presumably there's a reason why he never played it but I think his eye for goal and his finishing was so good that I think if you played him up top alongside someone like a Gary Shaw type um, and had his speed and finishing you know I think he would have been a, a great centre yeah, forward but, too, yeah. but anyway he was always played out wide but um, I just think he made a huge contribution he was part of that um, part of that famous famous Mick O'Neill team he gave us some good nights he, he, he did like he was exciting to watch and I always thought he put in 100% for Rovers. He did, he never he's stopped well, trying. He's, yeah. he, he's right to be nominated, you know, because he's not one of them lads that came and went. Like, he gave, his, he was a Rovers man when he was there, you know what I mean? And he deserves a nomination of some way, you know. Hopefully we won't be seeing uh, his tears again when we play in the FBI Cup final uh, later this month. But uh, your third choice, Mick? Well, my third choice... It's it's a hard one to be tortured. I'm going to move on to the 70s now. But I, I mightn't pick anybody out in the 70s. But a lot of people said the 70s wasn't good. It wasn't good to be a Rovers fan in the 70s, especially the early 70s. When we moved on, when Giles came, people, well, I'm not saying people forget, but memories are short. We had some great wingers when Giles was there. Do you know what I mean? We had 
with a lad called John Shervey, who was very good. He, a lot of people mightn't remember him, John Shervey. And we did another winger when we won. I think he came in, he didn't win a cup medal with us. He came in after the cup, was Bobby Tamlin, who was an absolute legend in uh, Chelsea. I mean, I think his record was only broken lately by Frank Lampard. But he played outside left for us. And he was some player then. He was living in Cork and Giles brought him up. So that was that was a good team. And also we had another great player. And our own said earlier on, this player was probably only with us for half a season or three quarters season, was uh, Steve Lionix, who we all loved. He lived local here around the corner. An English lad over from... Uh, Birmingham or one of them places and uh, he was an inside forward and he was probably one of the fastest forwards I ever seen playing for Rovers he was a small stocky lad he had a horrible yellow escort car <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was fast but he gave us some good times and we had Larry Murray too Larry Murray was a good winger very good player but Muroff was Muroff, you know what I mean, as we used to say, mad. But anyway, I'm not going for any of them, I'm moving on. I'm moving on to the 80s. But I'm not forgetting that good team from 77 to 80, maybe, were decent with Hamlin and all them in. And then if you go on forward, we have playing in the four in a row team. You had Neville Steedman, who was very good. He gave us two very good seasons. And then he started wearing brown leather trousers, so that was him gone with the fans, you know what I mean? He didn't wear brown leather trousers then. So anyway... I wasn't expecting all these fashion comments. No, sorry about that, yeah, sorry about that, getting carried away. Must be the free drink. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, Neville was good, and Steve Lionix was good in the 70s. But I'm going, my next nomination is Neville. Neville Steedman, next winger. So what was good about him? He had two fantastics. And people did say, I remember standing on the steps with my brother at Milton, and people did make him resemblance to Frank O'Neill about him. But, like, we had to hold the horses there, you know what I mean? He wasn't as good as Frank O'Neill. But to the people that were watching him, he was brilliant. He had two good years, one in particular, very good year, I think it was 86 he had a great season. And he never had come up from Torless Town. Played with a crowd at CY down in Ringsend. I think it was CYM or something. Then Torless. And he was a very good player. Really, really good. So he's the next one I'd speak about. I have spoken about. You're in third choice, Alan? So my third choice is a contemporary of uh, Billy Denny's. I'm going to go with Gary McCabe. Um, so again, similar to Billy... Uh, you know, McCabe was part of that famous team, a uh, very successful team under Mick. Um, another goal-scoring winger, like he he averaged sort of eight to ten goals a season uh, from, well, mostly out wide. But I suppose the thing about McCabe as well is that he he began to move in. You know, he began to play in that kind of number ten or top of the triangle or whatever you want to call the position. Um, I suppose that's something you see with wingers as well. It's it's difficult when you're when you're thinking about who the great wingers are. A lot of wingers end up as central players, uh, and and yeah, and our yeah. forwards or whatever they kind of m- miss around a little bit, um, and even someone like 
you know Shane Robinson who started out as a winger uh, became a central midfielder and McCabe was nearly similar um, but he was just a very very good player part of a hugely successful team and I think he made a huge contribution to it he scored that famous goal against Belgrade of course uh, which kind of set up the away leg and, and the ultimate uh, success um, and he, he retired too early McCabe like he retired I think this is his first season not playing mm-hmm. but he, I think he's probably only about 31 or 32 or something mm-hmm. like that he's very young still he's very young yeah in fact I, was, I remember I was chatting to Aaron Green at the start of the season about it and I think they live quite closely together and he was saying that you know he thinks McCabe could still do a you know yeah, a job yeah. in, the, in, the, in the Premier Division you know we're trying to get him in our five-a-sides this year oh yeah yeah um, well, maybe he's not fully retired then, but uh, he's uh, yeah. I just think he was a really effective player, a uh, really exciting player as well. And uh, so I give it to to Gary McCabe. Uh, your fourth choice, Mick. Well, my fourth choice going to cost a bit of aggro between you, Carl, and me, because I want to bring Mick Bourne into this team, and you're not allowing me. I know you're not. And uh, like he even gave in to me when I asked him, was he an inside forward? So. I'm up to Swanee here because I <laughs> see the way I looked at them when there were two of them were playing up front. Larko headed the balls down for Mick coming in from outside, right? Now you're saying he's a centre forward, but this all changed now. Football, see, it was very easy for the sixties to talk about, and you asked me the question, wingers, right? You were trying to catch me out, I think, putting McCarthy up, trying to get wingers. Wingers went out in the 70s. Like, I'd pick John Cody as a winger, and somebody has picked him as a full-back, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So, I might have to, now that you've changed the rules and the law. <laughs> oh, it's my fault, uh, is it? There was a fellow called Cooper, Tommy Cooper, I think his name was uh, Cooper, anyway, he played for, I'll have to ask Alan uh, Keane about him. Coop, Terry Cooper, he played for uh, Leeds back in the 70s. Tommy Cooper was the comedian. The comedian, yeah. Egyptian yeah, that's right, Tommy <laughs> Cooper. No, uh, Terry Cooper, his name was, I think. Anyway, he changed football, in my eyes, as a young, as a man watching football, because he was the first fullback I ever seen going over the halfway line. And then they all came in, and now it's the diamond, and it's this and it's that. So there are no wingers now, Karen, if you know what I mean. So you're stopping me definitely bringing Mick Bourne in as an inside forward. Yeah, I'm well, we, we argued, and Owen agrees with you, I know, but <laughs> anyway, I'll have to go back to the 70s then, because who do I pick as an inside forward on the four in a row? You can't pick any of them. Because the positions you were playing. Hmm. I mean, you had Giles, Megan, King, and the other fella, Dunphy, in the middle. So, You're not allowed to pick him either. Not <laughs> well, we'll agree on that. that <laughs> that's one thing we agree. Uh, and I'm sure the person I'm going to say now, people won't even remember him, but I must pick another one. And I'm going for Steve Linux, inside right. forward. Steve Linux, he scored a lot of goals for us. He played in the cup final for us, but he went after that. Scored a and winning goal. Yellow submarine with him when <laughs> he went back. Scored a winning goal in the Tyler Cup final, the Milltown of recall. Now this is another thing. That seventy late seventies team, they won the FAI. They won the League Cup. 
they won the FAI Cup and they won the Tyler Cup three or four days later after winning the FAI Cup. Mm. Now, that was good. That was all within, I'd say, see, the seasons were different as well, lads. You know that they were 77, 78, 78, 79. They went into two, two different years because the season was starting in April or sometime, whatever way they walked. But anyway, so you're getting... But for, for over a year, we won three trophies, which was good. In the, you know, in that time, we had gone from being a great team winning six cups on the trots. And I'm going to say to you now about the six cups on the trot, lads. It gets boring. It was like the four in a row. It gets boring. Just give us yeah. one, actually. One will do. One cup oh, against Waterford. Well, we beat them 3-1. Leach got two and Lala got one. It's a famous one for uh, Leach tapping Lala, <laughs> tapping Peter Thomas on the head. There was something like 50,000 at the match. And uh, Leach got two. That was the year that Mick Lala scored in every round of the cup. And uh, you come in with your stats on that. Now, what year was that? 68. Uh, 68, yeah. 68. And Only Charlie Ferry has done that Mick since. rounded around. Peter Thomas and Peter Thomas was on one knee on the ground just beyond the penalty box and Mick went over and rubbed him on the head and everybody thought he's taking the piss out of him here but it wasn't it was Mick just Mick Mick is anybody that knows Mick he's not that type of lad you know he doesn't live on his laurels even now you know or the, on his pines we have to say as well don't we <laughs> the laurels is across the road but anyway I'm going for uh, Stephen right. Steve Steve Linux. So last pick to you on. Did you get any votes for it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, last pick was tough actually. Um, like there were a couple of people in the mix, like some players, who, wingers who I'd be very fond of, the likes of Ali Cal or Mark Rutherford. Um, another name that came into my head, which I don't think he could nominate him as one of the all-time best, but a guy called Lee Williams, uh, who we got on loan. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been '96 yeah, or '97 yeah, or something Lee like that. Williams, yeah. And I remember we got him on loan from somewhere in England uh, Wales, for half a season. Welsh, was, was yeah, he Welsh? Yeah. Welsh, yeah. And he tore up the league. <laughs> he tore up the league for half a season. He c- total cult hero, and I've no idea what happened to him after yeah, that. You know. For us, he did, That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um. But when I was thinking about who the fourth player was, I think it came down to three choices, really. Uh, Shane Robinson, Stephen Grant, or Billy Woods. So I was trying to think between the three of them. Tough choice there, actually. Yeah. It's a very Billy, tough choice. Talk about Billy. Yeah. Billy gave us some great years. Billy yeah. gave us great. That's a good show, though. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I'd love to give it to Robbo, in a way. When he came on the scene when he was about 17 or 18, he was a right winger. And he, for a season, he was unstoppable. Uh, I remember thinking this lad is a future Ireland captain. He's just unbelievable, you know. Um, he used to kick the ball past the fullbacks and run really fast, and basically no one could stop him. Uh, and then they kind of figured him out, and he was moved into the centre. Like his Robbo's shift from sort of Ryan Giggs to Vinnie Jones was the sort of most dramatic yeah, shift in a player in I think I've ever seen. You know, yeah. um, Stephen Grant again, player I'm usually fond of. Um, by all accounts played for free back in the day um, because the club was in financial tough times you know he's still a big Rovers fan to this day professional golfer uh, gave us some great seasons so in one way I'd love to give it to to Grant or Robbo but I think I am going to give it to Billy Woods Um, Woods was a really 
really good player uh, in a period where we were really a mid-table team, sort of 98 2002 mm. kind of period. Um, like the, the Morton years, kind the of grim Sager, years, yeah. you know. They weren't happy days. No, time. but Billy was a really top player. He actually he came back from England, and the only reason he signed for Rovers because he was studying an UCD, so he needed to play in Dublin. So we got him for a few years, and the minute he finished in UCD, he went back to Cork. And he's probably, you know, as a player, he's more associated with Cork. Yeah. Um, but he gave us some really good years. Scored one great goal, I think it was against Shells, where my memory is he sort of ran from the halfway line, beat, you know, in my memory he beat about 15 Shells players. There was probably about two of them. But anyway, it was a great goal. Um, and he just was a really top player in a period where the club was, you know, struggling a bit, you know. So I'll give the last nomination to Billy Woods. Just out of interest, out of the four, who do you think was the best crosser of the ball? Um, that's a good, a good question. Probably Woods. I would have thought because he's probably the more traditional winger of the of the four. Like as I said, McCourt was you know kind of he was. You gave him a free yeah, role. You just role. gave him the ball and <coughs> and asked him to do whatever yeah. he could do. he and McCabe were kind of goal scorers. Um, particularly McCabe who drifted inside. Woods was probably the most traditional winger of the four of them um, so probably probably Woods so when this goes to a uh, vote on Facebook who, what two do you pick out of those four well I'm I'd have to give it one to McCourt just because as I said even though you know in terms of what he achieved at the club versus what the other three particularly Denny and, and McCabe achieved you can't compare but just in terms of raw talent I've never seen anything like it and probably won't see anything like it ever no. again you know so I think you'd have to give it to him. And then between the others, I'd probably give it to Billy in the sense that I just think top score in a league-winning team, Europa League, back-to-back titles, You know, I just think his, his record will be looked on very favourably. Uh, what two would you pick out of your four, Mick? Well, the two I'm going for... To be honest, I had my mind made up. Made up. It was just the latter two were, were my problem. I'm going for the two 60s lads. I know there's not many of us around to vote them, but how many times can you vote on this? You know what I mean? No, I'm going for O'Neill and, and Leach. For outside right and inside right. left. They're my two. <coughs> and for now to end on, how much are you looking forward to this cup final? There's no words. There's no words I can think of. I, you know the way I'm putting up this thing, having a bit of laugh. You know how many sleeps, but I'm genuinely not sleeping in the nights thinking of it. And for an old lad like me, seventy years of age, to be going on like that, I could imagine what some of the younger lads are going on. I mean, I seen them winning cups. Now I also seen us losing cups. You know what I mean? So there's nothing new in that. But. It's it's just different. It's who are playing. It's the whole football has changed so much. Lads are really involved in their club now. You know what I mean? We're really uh, <coughs> sorry, better. Lads are really involved in their club now. You know what I mean? And it it's it, this this is more than a football match. It's war. This is war with this crowd. I mean, we've been waiting for this. And 
I'm excited about it, so I can imagine how a 16-year-old or 17-year-old, and I have to say, the young supporters, the ultras, the whole lot of them, they're fantastic for the club. I really was so proud last Friday to stand on the road. Now, the walk I didn't do, I'll admit I didn't do, I waited up the top. But to see all the lads coming up the road, young and some of them not very young, walking up the road, and... Doc, you were there. Yeah, Gaffney was there, calling me the Doc, yeah. <laughs> As Gaffney calls you the Doc. You were there in the middle of it. It's not a relegation. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, no, we just took her up wrong because of the Doc. <laughs> now, Robbie was shooting pigeons from roofs. You know, that's Robbie. Pigeons from everywhere. He wants to shoot everybody. But anyway, I was so proud to, to see us, to see the lads coming up the street. And... This was my club, these are my supporters, these are my football family, and I can't wait. And I'll just give you one more thing I'll say now. Watch out for what I'll wear on the day. I'll say no more. That's a teaser. And I won't be just, as one of the groups said, the gang, we're all wearing jerseys. McCarthy is different. Watch (laughs) out for it. I wonder what that means. Uh, On... (laughs) Sum up your emotions seeing this get to the cup final. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I've I w- I went to my first Rovers game in 1990, which is nearly 30 years ago, and I've never seen us win the cup. Uh, you know, I think I've seen us lose what three cup finals, maybe. That's I think three, yeah, three. That's um, but you know, to be going to Rovers 30 years and never seen us win the yeah. cup is just ridiculous. You know, so it's time, you know, and uh, this is a a great team and uh, now it's obviously up against a very very good Dundalk team as well but I think if they rise to the occasion and if they play you know I, I think they can do it and you know this is it's a hell of the monkey to get off our back isn't it Brilliant. Um, yeah, and I, I think there'll be a huge outpouring of of emotion if we do manage to oh, win this you, because it, we, we need this it has to be done for you younger lads and I think also this team I mean there's yeah. a lot of people are saying well this team needs a trophy yeah yeah. I mean whether it's the cup or whether it's the league cup or whatever but I think they, co- they need to win something yes. um, because they're a, it's a very very good Rovers team um, you know it, it's it's well up there in terms of the Rovers team oh, this is seen. one of the best Rovers it side. is best football and Rovers side I've seen in a long long time it's a better football we really than are than I mean you, you just you could not even you talk about last Friday who could you say didn't play well yeah. nobody or in, in the whole club from the supporters to the management team and I've been critical I, I don't go behind the door I've been critical about four in the bench and all that and I've said all that and it, it's history now we move on we're all in this together and I, by the way there's, there's people higher than me have said I'm only a supporter in the end there's other people have said about management scene and all that so w- let no fan feel guilty by saying Stephen wasn't a man because there's horror people up there have said it then those ordinary supporters so let's not be guilty about that we all had our say on that and we said it but now what we what we have is a hundred percent behind our management team and 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 their uh, team and as you said on there you've never seen it Carl has never seen it but this is one of the best football sides I've ever seen wearing a Shamrock Rovers jersey and I'm 63 years lads and I get passionate when I say this these are the best 
this is the best football side in 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 a long long would be probably one of the best ever mm. in League of Ireland. And this team, as you're after saying two minutes go on, this team needs to win and it's got to win to say this was a great Shamrock Rovers team. Two thousand and nineteen was a great Shamrock Rovers team. And I see the future good with Stephen. And I'm very happy for Stephen because he was he was a your knowledge, he was always a very nice lad. And anybody you ask about Stephen, they always started Carl saying, Stephen is a lovely lad, but. Yeah. And there was a but. But let, let no fans think that they're not fans because they spoke up about Stephen. There's horror people than us fans spoke about Stephen. Water on the bridge. So we're all in this together now. Let's go forward. He's done a magnificent job. I'd put my hand up to be smacked and said, yes, I did doubt him. I doubted his tactics. I doubted his formality on the bench. Yes, I did. And I just couldn't understand why we couldn't get a centre forward. I think 99.9% of the fans did have that. But we're here where we are now today. And talking to you, and talking to you, Carl, and to Owen. Everyone is together now. We're all together. The family is back. The leader's up there. Granddad's up there. So we're away. That's it. We get this trophy onwards to the league next year. Well, there'll be no work ever done again by me if we win this trophy. I don't know about when you go back to work, lads, but I'll never go back. We'll take November <laughs> off anyway. I don't know if you know this, Owen, but this is McCarry's last season following the hoops. Last season? Well, there's a few people have me <laughs> pushing up daisies up in Esco, but come here. If I'm pushing up the daisies, one sure thing, they'll be green and white daisies. I uh, know, you've another six in a row. Yeah, well, good, man, that'll do me. But the, if, if there's flowers coming up, there'll be green and white flowers coming up out my... Just want to thank the lads. And yeah, just before we finish up, Carl, can I say a few words on there? The lads in Canada, Sean and all the, the lads that were watching the game over there, like... They, they, they must have went through hell not being at the match because they've all been there. But they need a few bob in to get stuff in to, to buy more banners for the final. And uh, there's lots of them coming home of the, the lads that follow us. It's all gone away to do a bit of work. You know? So to Sean and all the lads, Sean, Jared's young man, to uh, wish them the best of luck getting home. And again, thank them for what they've done all through the year with their displays and all. And no doubt about it, I'm sure they'll have a massive display in the Aviva. Thanks, Carl. So yeah, Owen and Mick, two of my all-time favourite Rovers people, Gar. Absolute pleasure listening to them both. Can we do a poll on our favourite people? We should do our favourite oh, yeah. people, our favourite Rovers people 11. Oh. And then elaborate on why we think they would play. What? Where do you think Mick would play? I'd say Mick would be your solid man in front of the back four. You know, takes no prisoners, likes a drink. <laughs> Hard man. You know, yeah, old school yeah. centre midfield. Owen Rice would be like your tricky winger. Bit of intelligence there, you know. Smart guy. Likes to get mm. forward. Likes a cheeky goal. Well, we haven't completed this, obviously, but some of these people we've asked to pick these positions used to play in those positions. Ah, yes. So yes. there's a bit of thinking behind it. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Shane Robinson just missed out on Owen's form really? there. He said that that would have been his fourth spell at Rovers, which we didn't see. Yeah, but he he started as he said in the interview. He started off. He was a 
a really impressive looking winger but then he ended up moving central uh, make my character care causing trouble as always first of all taking Mick Leach out of the strikers category right. then he tries to take out Mick Byrne so then I had to put the foot down I was like, like no is, carry on no Mick Byrne is being called a striker for this and even up to this uh, talking to a few people so I go we've already had a bit of controversy Ronnie Nolan nominated by Tommy Tarmy for centre back he was actually a right half John Cody was a winger for us at Milltown actually only played left back I think after leaving us but as just a Mason noted we're, we have to go on what people think say to us yeah you know what I mean? It's all about their opinion. And that yeah. is the that is the joy of this yeah. whole exercise is that people's opinions. Yeah. So uh yeah. Really enjoyed that one. So moving on to uh centre mids next week here. Oh yes. Should be a good one. Centre mids is gonna be very, very, very tough. Um yeah, so we move on to underage news now and the Rovers under nineteens beat Finn Harps on penalties after a one one draw in their League Cup quarter final at Donegal. So the equaliser for Rovers came from Smithers. Excellent. Um that's a that's a that's a great win up there. Yeah. They're 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 doing they're doing good things with their underage, so it's it's always a tough place to go. Seventeens lost their league quarter final three 0 to Shelbourne or else down the first league defeat all year for Cuzzo and Davy Max boys, so it's a bit of a spanking at home. Yeah, isn't that it? was a big disappointment. That was a big disappointment, yeah. 15s and the 13s both uh, they won their cup quarter finals ties with Derry at Rollstone so 5-0 for the 15s and 5-1 for the 13s so spanking spanking's all around uh, it's international weekend next week so there's no fixtures and hopefully we'll have a good couple of call ups we'll find out soon um, do they know already if you've been called up or will we get it in the next couple of days surely um, you, would you know a few days beforehand or give um, it a good bit of advance I don't know, but it just seems to just wipe out the fixtures all together. Yeah. No matter even if you don't have players in the teams. So our under eights had a tour of Talisadium this week and a quick lesson on top of it as well. So that's the f- the future generation hashtag future generation. It's a it's a great it's a great thing to see. Um, consider okay. considering it is that would you count that as work in the community considering we our mm-hmm. our opinions on that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna let this one go, are we? No. Um, I can't get over you saying spankings all round uh, <laughs> after you've called out 15s and 13s. <laughs> <laughs> Sirens. <laughs> this isn't a balls podcast, is it? Uh, yeah, so well done to the Rovers amputee team who picked up the league trophy on Saturday after the final round of games. So uh, good stuff. Great to see. And um, yeah, so we're going to move on to our starting 11s and predictions. Um, it's gonna go again with so this is gonna be home to Finn Harps. Let's play Big Al. We don't don't have to give Paul. I think. Do you want to give Al the full season? A, a debate broke out on the bus about that. About like, oh, play Paul's the last few games. And I'm, I'm like, no. Like Al can get a clean sweep here. Al ever present, right? Yeah. I've seen this before. Barry Murphy, right, has never been ever present in his career, right. I think it was 20, That's surprising enough one now. I think it was the twenty sixteen season. I think he played every game. Or maybe twenty fourteen. And then Nutty threw in Highland for the last three. And Baz was fit. Yeah. So we've done this before, we've done this with Kevin Horgan before. We've just thrown in a reserve keeper for the last few games. I'm yeah. like Unless he's gonna be your number one next year. Yeah. 
Why? I think I, deb- I think I had a debate with Tommy Kelly on the bus maybe or somebody else saying that they'd be happy enough with polls starting if Man has left. I, I I think that's crazy. What's that based on? What's that based on? Exactly. One game in Bray. One game. I, I, I don't know. It's oh, not slating the guy but it's 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 an, it's an unknown entity really isn't it? Even if we played him against Harps used to Cork I still wouldn't know. That's the thing. If he could be our number one keeper yeah. next season. So don't even play him in these three games. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? But, um, yeah, we're starting to level our predictions. I'll go with... I'll go Big Al. I think... We, we, we're going, we, I don't want to put too much thought into it. We'll go with Cabo. Uh, we'll go Eden Boyle again because I want to wrap up Joey and Cotton Wool. I'm going to stick with Lafferty Rifle. Um, I'm going to go... No Pico because he's up at the Cape Verde. So Sean Callan. And Grace. Um, well, Callan's injured. Callan's injured? Mm-hmm. Shit. Who can we put in there? I'm not putting Joey in. I'm not playing anything. Joey's in Cotton Wool for the rest of it. Oh, God. Who are we going to play there? Greg Bulger? Can you play centre half? That's a tricky one. We can move on. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to it. Um, I'm going to put Green on the left, right? Uh, Finn in the right side of midfield because he's been brilliant there uh, I'll leave Jack Eldis we'll play young Brando we'll play uh, McInef and Olu up top and you I'll really come. want Olu don't you yeah just give him a go let him yeah. run right see how he gets on his pace like Greener has pace as well but I'd love put Greener on the left and put Olu up front you never know I like blooding these young strikers and especially the likes of Williams who hopefully gets a chance next season, you know, a good little nippy striker in the box. It's good to see a bit of pace, a bit of power up front. Go, Olu. Well, you're right about the centre back, centre back position. I don't know who to play either. It's weird, isn't so it? So I'm just going to play. I'll put Laugh in there because I, I, have I haven't got him on the bench. I'll just play the same back forward side because I can't think of anything else right mm. now. And yeah, Olu up front instead of Cummins. Bring Bolger back in instead of O'Neill just to yeah, switch it up. Yeah, that's one I missed out actually. I yeah. didn't put O'Neill in. I'll put uh, yeah, I'll stick Bolger in. Just keep O'Neill a little bit fresh. Keep him on his toes as well. I think he can just walk into the team. And a oh, big shout out to him as well actually because he tackled uh, Trevor Crowley in the Bowls game if you didn't see that. <laughs> 50-50. He 50-50'd him. Ball went down play and he went flying into him. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 4-0 and Alua to score first. 4-0. 4-0 mm. and Alua to score first. I'll say 4-1. 4 1 to concede. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, Joey, no clean sheet, no party. No, <laughs> so that is it. Uh, yeah, so we have our guests coming in soon, and uh, Terry Palmer and Richie Porty. So we are really looking forward to this. And uh, Prof, it's been a while in the making. We haven't done monthly madness in a while. So it's like I was trying to think, it was the last time we had two players in here at the same time. Was it Gaffney and Sinna? Gaff, Gaff and Sinna, I think it was. Because we've done the player and the fan combo a few times. We did Echoes and Tarmy. We did Rice and Dunster. Mm, I think so. so. I think it's the first it's, time, It's yeah. been a few weeks in the making anyway, so... That's like, what was that? That was February. Eight months ago. Eight months? Yeah. So that's it. So, that's it. so next up, we have uh, the two lads. Right, so we're here now and we have Terry Palmer and Richie Porty with us. So, uh, lads, you're very welcome to Johnny Blues. We're, we're decorating at the moment, so we're sorry yeah. that there's no Rovers gear all over the shop. Sure. Usually there is. We've even got a seat from the top left corner. I know it's not there now. We had a seat <laughs> from Windsor Park that was 
fuck that is up with the Linfield game so uh, normally our guests are blown away by all memorabilia but you guys all you get is bare walls and sadly. paint fumes yeah so um, yeah we announced online that you guys were coming on the show and let people post any memories or questions they have so Gary Armstrong says two absolute legends and Dave Carpenter said Terry was always a true hoop couldn't be anything else with his dad used to meet his dad regularly in Cedars and Rohini true gent and Rovers mad so um Tell us a bit about following Rovers growing up. Yeah, that was one of my first memories, actually. My dad used to bring me out to Milltown. We were, well, he's from Kimmage, but we were living over Rohini. And used to, from an early age, one of my first memories is sitting on the, the terrace, the fire terrace, throwing pebbles down the... Yeah. Uh, not at anyone in particular. The <laughs> <laughs> fun of my first, yeah. And, yeah, not so much the, the, the football. I remember the... the some of the players, like said Liam O'Brien, mm. that was a smashing player, even as a, as a kid. He, he stood out, did he? He made it, it was so easy for him. Uh, um, and it was a few others. But does it, what what oh, defenders did you like since you were a defender? The easy one would be say, uh, uh, like Harry Kenny was always a smashing player. Uh, but you've. Uh, oh, what did they call it? Harry's Corner, his part of the pitch? Yeah, yeah, he looked after that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Keeley would be obviously breaking legs. But yeah. Maybe, but uh, um, alongside him, name escapes me. Um, Jacko McDonough was Jacko, there. Jacko yeah. was there. Yeah. Jacko was yeah. there. Yeah. Peter Eccles was yeah. there as well. Yeah. Peter, but maybe a bit later. We had Peter on. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. But Jacko McDonough was, uh, he was playing in the wrong era. Jacko wanted to get down the play. Yeah. Now, Milltown allows you to play, but anyway. He went abroad, did he? He went abroad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them went abroad. Mm. Uh, Lee Buckley and That's really Campbell they went to Bradley yeah. Buckley went to Spain didn't he because when I was at the dock Jack came back from Wilde he yeah. was Spain or whatever it was yeah, yeah. 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 So this comes from uh, Ruby Murray he says not a question but a story Terry might like to hear this about his dad in 2003 while in Poland for the Odger game I couldn't find anywhere that would accept an ESB or EBS Building Society ATM card in fact, you could hardly find one in Dublin. <laughs> Terry's dad heard me say that I had tried everywhere and I couldn't get any cash out. He came over to me and offered me the equivalent of about 80 euro and insisted I took it. But he said to me, please give it back to me as I won't remember I gave it to you. Very <laughs> true. And he said, uh, he said, bear in mind I was some young lad he didn't even know. Back in Dublin the following week, I met him in the horse and jockey and returned the money and he couldn't remember giving to me. Yeah. About an hour later, he remembered giving to me and said, ah, you're the one with the bank card. He was an absolute gent. So when Terry left to go to Bowles, <laughs> oh, Terry Palmer was replaced with, oh, Terry's father. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably something we might, we might bring up your move to Bowles in a while. Did you go to Bowles? No, 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 you're mistaken. <laughs> um, Audra must have been special. Forced away win in Europe in over 20 years. Yeah, that was a... It was good. It was the whole the trip. There was a big. The, the fans were there, and they were they covered one one side, and we played well. We deserved it, and then we beat them at home. Um, and I said, my, my dad was over there, and he was on his own. He wasn't allowed to go on his own to the following game. Mom had to go with him. <laughs> she, she knew something had gone on. There can be a bit of a. You have to kind of run past them, don't you? That you know the Europe. But, um, so, so you're about the same age, lads. Uh, Richie, you started your career with Home Farm back in 1988, so take yeah. us back to that time. Where did it all start? And yeah, I started, maybe debut when I was uh, 16. 
uh, Ray Tracy was in charge. I was playing schoolboys so on fire, but Ray was in charge with Derby Keeley. And uh, they asked me to play a few games. I played a few games for they had to go to B team then. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe debut for the B team against that low down in Bell's Park, but the old poor ground. Now, two weeks later, I was drafted to the fourth team. We had a good team. We had Paul Wheeler was there, Giro Brazil, a couple of good players. We had maybe debut there against Enfi, which was actually Kilkenny, you know? Right. Called Enfi, that was a hell of a goal, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, I played there for about two years and then went to the dock. But a great time there. Yeah. Uh, Ray was in charge, Ray Trace was great to me. And I was good apprentice. Like, I was kind of young, I probably got bashed around when I was 16, but yeah. playing the League of Ireland. They were power far in the fourth division then. But it was a good experience. What right? position were you playing then? Roy Full. Played Roy Full, yeah. So was there any interest from teams abroad at Trials or anything like that? Yeah. As I a went, young lad? I went to, uh, probably the best one, I went to uh, West Brom. Right. Ray Tracy was, uh, I don't know what kind of relative. Do you remember Nobby Stoyles? Yeah. Mm. He was assistant manager at, at, with, um, I Brian Talbot was a manager right. at West Brom. It went well. Everything was supposed mm. to be signed. But I don't know what the problem was. It was an issue with payment from... West Brom, the whole firm. Right. And that cut a screw. And fell through, fell yeah. through then, yeah. But how did you, how did you get on when you went over? Like, was it a bit daunting as a young uh, man? It was, I was quite late. I was actually, I was only about 18. And the other trials I had been as a schoolboy, I could have played with the youth here. Yeah. But this was a reserve game. We were playing at Sutherland. Against men. Against men, exactly. In the hard times as well. I went over on the, the Monday. We were playing on the Tuesday night. I was absolutely shit myself. Yeah. Hell, yeah. And it was ghastly about it was. It was probably one of the best, best games we played. But um, we played Sutherland, and I think we played someone else on the tour, so it went well, and that's what they wanted to sign me. But the, it went on for a while, and it just fell through eventually. Yeah. It was disappointing, actually. I'd agreed to go. Three-year deal, plan and all, and it fell so through. So you, you were all set, bikes packed pretty much? Yeah, the gist of it was, Boy Talbot got the sack. That's what right. the gist of it was. I was supposed to, everything was soiled, ready, yeah. everything was ready to go. Looking forward to giving it a shot. It was about eight day, nine day. Three year pro, and he got the second of the field show. So There's a lot of stories out there about that, isn't there? Yeah, like the manager who signs you ends up leaving the club, and yeah. plans change. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's that's the that's how it's going to work, that's though, isn't it? it realistically, yeah. like, that's how it works. Yeah. This new guy, I'm sure they didn't even have a successor in there. So. No, they hadn't. And I remember that phone call. I was in the house, and uh, there was a secretary or so just uh, ready to say, "No, that contract offer is cancelled." I remember that day. So that was that. After that's just the way it is. That yeah. happens all the time. As I say, you that's know, football, yeah. that's football. Yeah. You know, you need a bit of luck. Yeah, you do. So Terry, you played for UCD for seven seasons, making your debut in nineteen ninety one. So tell us a bit about your schoolboy career. Who did yeah. you start with, and was there any trials? I well, I started Kilmarnock United. Uh, I was a centre forward, <laughs> eight year old playing under twelve or whatever it was. So yeah. I just just round a while. Yeah. But I went to home farm there for a couple of years. Then on to Stella Maris, and I would have been a late developer. I was right. like there was I was linked with UK teams, so nothing ever came of it. Yeah. I, de- I really was a late developer, and I suppose I was 16, 17, and Dad saw the, the advert in the paper for a UCD scholarship. Right. Do you fancy? There was just, just games yeah. through the summer. Uh, I said, "Go on, we come out." And at that stage, UCD there was a big turnover. The year before, in our year, I think they were going to take in eight or nine scholarships. So there was, there was games every week for about ten weeks. So, went well, and offered a scholarship. You had to get into the college then, but what were you studying when you were? Well, then it was arts, I did. Yeah. So history and economics. Mm-hmm. No, studying ideas with a, 
Yes, more, more or less. <laughs> I went there occasionally. Right. <laughs> I have a degree, I don't know how I got that. But, it was a, but as I said, I was an eight developer, so UCD was perfect <coughs> for me. You could make your mistakes out there. And, yeah. Um, if I hadn't gone There's a lot there, more breeding room at UCD, would you say, uh, yeah, than, than 100%, our clubs? 100%. Uh, I even remember my first first game was a league around a B game, playing against Pats. And uh, centre forward, you remember Joe Lawless? Yeah, do big Joe, yeah. So uh, something happens. I obviously I did something. I caught him or something. But he turned and he spat at me. So I'm seventeen, and I'd never like this didn't happen at school playing yeah. football. So you had to grow up quickly, but still you're within yeah. you're within your peers, and it's <laughs> it's nice and easy. So made the debut, played played a few games, and then I went out of the team. Then for best part of a year and a half, I'd say a year um, and a half. into. Captain the B side. It was never a good thing when you were captain yeah. the B side. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was a uh, yeah, just yeah, you just had to learn your trade and got in then and it went from there. Just to fast forward a second, when you were playing for Rovers, were you also holding down the job? Yeah. And was that related to what you had studied in UCD? It was related to related arts. Like arts doesn't relate to anything really. Yeah. It was, uh, it's broad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I when I was in Rovers, what was I doing? Well, it, initially I wasn't. I, I was. I worked in Bank of Ireland, but I did. I had the perfect job. I did four hours a day. I went in at, went in at half eleven to half three. <laughs> and then you <laughs> could train. And then I could train, or I'd go around the corner to O'Neill's and Suffolk Street, <laughs> and wait for the others to finish at half five. Oh, and yeah. There was one or the other. So that's. Uh, but yeah, I never. I never went full time. I didn't. Uh, I saw the writing on the wall. A lot of the, a lot of the clubs were paying beyond their means. Yeah, so yeah. You couldn't you couldn't plan anything on it on a league of Ireland wage. So I uh, I always kept other options open. And uh, Richie, you spent six years at Dundalk, winning the PFAO Young Player of the Year award '93 and a league title in '95. So a dramatic last day of the season saw Derry Stuart Gold miss a penalty and Dundalk nick the trophy by a single point. Yeah, and um, you had a bit of success yourself. Uh, that year, Terry. Yeah, just, on, uh, just on Richie, actually, that, that Dundalk title winning team. Yeah. I remember Keely talking about it, jokingly saying, Oh, we were called the worst champions ever. Or yeah. Something like yeah. That. <laughs> I was investigating why, and it was like, Dundalk scored 41 goals that season. 41. In a league every, title. Every in other title. team in the top eight outscored them. And they won the exactly. league. And they won the league. Their top scorer was Stephen Kelly with nine goals. Really the good. only other player to score more than three <laughs> was a defender, Mick Doohan with five. Oh. Mick Doohan scored so a lot of one nils, I'm guessing. <laughs> they, were, yeah. they were never going to win the league up until the, the last, right. last. We were kind of mm. able to show we were kind of. Um, were you surprised yourself? Yeah, we were surprised because we were. But we didn't score many goals, but defensively we were good. You know, yeah, we yeah. had but also myself, we had James Call, we had Martin Lawler. We Mick Dude, we'd have to we we'd good players, you know, so we could have defensively we were good. Tackle boys I mean, probably weren't great to watch, you know. But uh um, so we're nicking them. We were nicking them exactly. Remember going to Sligo and uh, remember the game fella Peter Whittle, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored a great goal at Sligo yeah. Lil. And then we we went to the last game of the season hoping. Big crowd up in Ireland there was. But we were a tour choice, so Shells were Shells were gonna Shells were gonna win, right, win it as well. Yeah, yeah. So we beat Gal we easily four one. Four one. Uh Shells drew one our pats. And Derry were Derry drew. I think they missed. They obviously missed the penalty. I remember yeah. saying the thing. So it was a great, great surprise. Derry was the one in that long, wasn't it? Was that was the one that long. Yeah. So it was a, it was a, it was a great night, great day. It was better because we were sponsored by Harp as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was class as well. You know? Any uh, Eddie Van Boxtel stories? Eddie Van Boxtel, yeah, <laughs> funny lad affairs. Very good goalkeeper he was. 
Didn't he say that I can't have a penalty? That's right, he did, yeah. He tells you about that every time you see him, you know. <laughs> he has to pick, I was in his house one time, he has a picture on the wall to say, you know. Near the, the mural is next to The mural, yeah. <laughs> but he's a very good keeper. Um, like most keepers. You have to be bad, don't you? You have to be bad, yeah. But uh, I got out well. He was very good at first, you know. And Terry, you had a bit of success yourself. Um, you won a minor treble, the fourth division, fourth division shield, and the Lens Senior Cup in '95. And you scored uh, the highlight of your career in the Leinster Senior Cup final. <laughs> Dream goal. Highlight of my Leinster Senior <laughs> Cup career, yeah. Um, yeah, we did a smashing team that year. Um, uh, like I said, Jay Caldwell, Mick O'Byrne up front, Jay Sherlock, uh, yeah. James Keddy. We had some, some fine, fine players. A lot of those players moved to Rovers, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the Leinster Senior Cup final, I remember that well. We are playing, playing against Dundalk. In Brilliant. Richmond, and we were one down, but we were we were battering them, but we just couldn't score. Yeah. One of those days, we couldn't score. And I remember, we were I was on my hands and knees near the end of the game, and somebody came through, and it I generally didn't dive into a tackle, but I was wasn't chasing back, so I <laughs> dived in and got the ball, and it was everything opened up, so I was edging my own box, right. everything opened up, and I started running with it, and I kept on running. <laughs> So I played a one two up to Jake Sherlock. You thought you were sending forward again. Yeah, he gave it back to me and I kept running. <laughs> and Jody Byrne came out and I just, just hit it and went in it was it was one of them, you know, you, yeah. It wasn't too many of them. Yeah. That. That's why it's a highlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Richie, you moved to Derry for a year and got another league winners medal. Uh what what did you did you move up altogether like did you no, no, no. there was already there was four of us. There was myself, Tarby Doug, James Keddy. And Tony O'Dowd, really right. forward over that. So they used to play Saturday night. I think Tony might have told a story yeah. or two about this now. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to go player as well. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Tally, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I got injured near the end of the season. Couldn't yeah. get back in because we were doing so well. It was disappointing. But I mean, it was a great, we had a great team. So what way did it work? Did you travel up? We used to for train. Games. There was an issue over the Boswood rule. That, that, that's where I came. Remember the Boswood yeah. rule? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't, if you, the, the issue was, because we went to Derry, they were saying that because you went across the border, we thought we were free agents, but the league was saying still in the same league, so there was an issue. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So there was an issue. So now there was the now club had let us train with them. They were boycotting us, so we had to train with a team. Really? Out. Yeah, they boycotted it. The four of us, we weren't able to train. We were like lepers out. <laughs> we used to train with some team out in Sandy Belt. It's kind of some team trying out Sandy Belt. How did that? Now, how did that come about? Because I get I'm fascinated with that. Yes. How does how do you come to an agreement? Like, is that done by the dairy manager at the time, or how do you come to that agreement to let dairy head obviously did a homework, and I was at Dundalk and my contract was up. I was still young, so if I had to go to say I went to Rovers or Bowes, you would have to pay a few quid. Yeah, but Felix Healy was the manager. He obviously knew that if you went up to he did his homework, if you went up to the north, you were a free agent. He rang me as well. He did. So we all we all we up. So. We all got great deals in our affairs. It was a yeah. great deal, I have to say. Um, but we used to train down here with the Giro team after the road, and we used to play Saturdays up dirty. So we used to drive to the coachman's and we'd take tours of driving up. Right. And we'd drive up, play the match. We're like mercenaries a little bit. Mm. We'd drive up, go out the dressing room, play the match. How did that work? What was the dynamic like in the dressing room there? Did the lads take to you? They did. The Rocking up on a Saturday playing. Yeah, it, it, I think it was, we were lucky that we were willing. Yeah. And we were playing well. And we were really the good yeah. side. Yeah. Paul Hegarty, Peter Hutton were great in the midfield. We had Liam Coyle, Gary Becker. We had a really strong team. And we, we got beat in the cup final as well. So we that's I think 
that's that was the reason why it went well. If it, you're right. If we had gone up, this first one, the first one they blame is yeah, the, exactly. So it went well at first. Straight horrible. It was a bit mercenary job at first. You yeah. could have go up, play a game, mm. get you a few quid, and back that's down there. Leave the card in the airport, and then we all change the money, change the money, change the stereo. <laughs> and then that's yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed the dirty time. And uh, joined Rowers in the summer of 97, so... Yeah, I was... How did that happen? Uh, Pat Boer was a manager at the time. Could have, Pat was kind of director or chair or manager wherever he was doing everything. I met him down to Spawell. I wanted to come back to, to travel to Derry and it was kind of the last couple of weeks. I wasn't into that team, so it could have been... Yeah. I felt it was a little bit sour, even we won the league. But uh, I met Pat. He knew it was a Rowers fan, better than a Spawell. He told me Mick Boer was taking over. So I went out a couple of weeks out of negotiation. Yeah. But it was a light when I got over the line anyway. Good way to get started, you Bear Bundrich asks, uh, says, ask Ricky, Richie, has he got me flip-flops from the Oil of Man? <laughs> yeah. the, the Oil of Man was absolutely... Oh, you were there, Terry. Right? No, Supposed no, to be... Sorry, so, this, is, this goes down in yeah. the history books for Rollers fans that was one of the best trips ever. Oh, so the, we went over... There so many new players. Certain players earned nicknames over there. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a great trip in the sense that... <clears throat> It was a great bargain for the new players. You know, like, okay, we got a few beers, but we played a couple of good matches. We played yeah. old and we played someone else. Okay, we were There's some friendships that yeah, still extend to this day as well. David Moyes played for Preston that day. David Moyes did? Yeah. Because yeah. I think Mark Kenny played great. I think Preston were sniffing around after that game, right? I think they did. I think they yeah. actually did make a bit. Didn't they, they made it quirky, you know, I know that. He played so well. But after we, we could have had a few beers over there, the far over there. It was just kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was really a, a pre-season. It was more of a drink season. Was <laughs> that the pre-season you came back on, all heavier than me? Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that, that was the one, yeah. I went to wait for a week to get fit and I came back fatter. So it wasn't a really great week, you know. I remember uh, Daryl saying you all brought one shirt. So you were just ironing the same shirt. Yeah, the back, scrubbing it in the back. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was a great uh, bargain for us. I thought it, like, we came back. To, that first year, we were t- maybe two or three players short. We got it to the other toe, though. But uh, we were good. We were a good side affairs, I tell you, right? And I was researching the two years. Uh, I found a very unflattering report in the Evening Herald when you signed. And it said, Shamrock Rovers continued their successful bargain basement Bosman hunt. <laughs> <laughs> across, across, across the Evening Herald. This is Richie. <laughs> Their hunt across the border yesterday when they signed Derry duo Richard Purdy and Tommy Dunn. The Hoops have now signed four players under the Bosman rule. Earlier in the week, they signed Paul Stokes and Mark O'Neill from yeah, Clifton Bell. Yeah. That's a bit harsh now. You're the league winner's middle. Bargain, middle your basement, Bosman. <laughs> yeah. See, I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's probably true as well. Paul Horse. Paul Horse, yeah. But, um, yeah, they were good. They were good. Stokes, he was a good player. He, just, yeah. he had a few injuries. He's good. He was a bit of lucky affairs, right? And Mark O'Neill was a good good pro as well you know? yeah you and Tommy were very close is he still one of your good pals yeah he is yeah I was talking to him yesterday I had a text him he's in, he lives in Finland now you know he's oh, married yeah? To, yeah he's married to a girl in Finland I remember he was managing up there isn't he yeah he's, he's back there managing yeah oh, okay. is he what, what level is he at I think it's like a Leicester City I think it is it'll be like Crumble yeah yeah. Right? yeah but he seems happy enough he's, he's home for the Rovers the cup foil Oh, lovely! So I'll make it for there's, a, there's a lot of people home. We've got mm-hmm. all sorts coming home in Australia and America. Yeah, so he's home for that. You know, pop the beer up for a drink, have a chat. Yeah, but he was. I knew Tommy. He was at home fair with me. I think he was a bit of a stalker. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he came to home fair, but I went to League of World. He came up with Ray. 
Daddy followed me to the dog. <laughs> Daddy followed me to Daddy. Daddy followed me to Rover. <laughs> Daddy followed me to Kildare. So I think he's definitely a bit of a star. And uh, have you got any football friends, Terry? Would you be? Would you still stay in touch with anybody yeah, that you played with? There's a few, yeah. Not of you see lads, but yeah. Rover's lads. I still see Daryl, Derek Tracy, uh, every now and then. Jake Colwell is at a meet for for lunch tomorrow. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still a good few of you see lads. I still uh, still meet up every every month or so for a point. And uh, the fans were already singing your name after the other man, Richie, to the tune of the Hokey Pokey, I think it was. So, <laughs> did you feel like you had a good relationship with the with the Rovers fans? Yeah, I did actually. I thought it. Yeah, it was great. Actually, in your favour, they probably knew you were a fan. Yeah, yeah, I was a far myself as well. A bit like Terry, the boy died so maybe to build her and lift me over the towards the hills. Mm. I think one of the first games I see was uh, I'll never forget it was Rovers versus Celtic. Oh they yeah, the one they lost. Yeah, it was a European game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more of a cloud score, right? Yeah. But I remember watching the game behind the stand. And David Keely was marking Mo Johnson. I'll never forget it. I think my dad had one of the shoulders and he had me up. And David was there and Mo Johnson was here. And he looked around at the lines with the ball was on the far end. And he looked up far end, looked at him, and he just elbowed Mo Johnson right in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I said, That chap's an absolute psycho. And then I said I to myself, for him now. Yeah. I said, Why did that chap show me four times? You know what I mean? But yeah. So they're always, they're always growing up, they're always fair. I think they respect you if, you if you're committed, do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you remember the hokey cokey, yeah? Um, I don't remember, so that's not really, my meals are not really great. <laughs> Terry will stand by that as well, you know So Terry, how was the move to come, come about to Rovers in the summer of 1998? Uh, a couple of years ago, I was, we, we were flying and I was flying. Um, we were, I think we were second in the league and we were... We were doing very well. Anyway, I broke my leg up in Dundalk, actually. Um, bad tackle. Um, was there malice in it? I, I'd like to think not, but... Yeah. Who was it? I can't remember the last name. Northern fella playing right back. Right. And he, he got the ball. And again, something similar to midfield opened up. And yeah. he started running. And I was centre half. And he let the ball go ahead of him. So I stepped out to get the ball. And he just lunged. Um, right, yeah. But... Broke the leg, so I'm trying to think what month that would have been. Maybe January, February, something like that. Uh, so broke the leg, was up and cast all the way up to the top oh, of the yeah. leg. Jesus. So I uh, got the cast off, and the season ended, and I had friends gone over to Australia. So I headed over to Australia with them for a recuperation. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was over there, my dad rang and said, uh, I think it was Paporn. Paporn had been on. Yeah. And would you give him a show? So that was. So were you fully fledged move to Australia, or was just a holiday? Oh, just just a holiday. Yeah. Just one of those go away and come back when yeah. money runs out. Yeah. They were all working, and I wasn't. <laughs> no intention of working. So he, 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 I rang, and I thought it was something to do with Robert. Now, bear in mind, I'm just out of cast, so there's no way I could play. But he wanted to know uh, that Ronnie McFall from Porter Down was on. Right. And would it be interested going up there? So this was in the middle of the Garvahi Road. And yeah. There's a lot on there. And then they started naming figures. And no, still was <laughs> <laughs> So it took me probably the, the next year to get myself right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it was Joe Caldwell had a lot to do with it. So Joe, obviously chairman, but he would have been out watching Jay play. Rover, so you would have seen a lot of me. So 
he had a big part of it. Mick had taken over then. And yeah, I just got to shout, would you be interested? And yeah. You couldn't say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To play for the team that you grew up watching, what, what did that feel like? Yeah, at the time, I don't. Maybe you're young and you don't appreciate it much. Appreciate it more now. Yeah. Uh, and I knew it, you could see how my dad. It, it was a big thing for him. Um, I was just playing football. Yeah. It was uh, obviously playing for always was great, but it's really now you appreciate it. Yeah. And it's uh, like he let those years go by. If you, if you, yeah. If you, hindsight, if you can go back and I can and do it all you again. Delve you, more yeah, into it. Like, you'd, yeah, appreciate yeah. it more. Like we again, that Robert thing. We let things go go by. Uh, there was could there you were, have done more with that team? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Now there was a lot going on off the pitch. Like we never played at home, and we never had our own training yeah. ground, and we were competing against shells who were throwing money everywhere, yeah. and they were full time. So there was there was a lot going against us, but we did have a good team. Yeah, um, and there was there were opportunities. Um, and there was a cup final a couple of years later. Uh, we let go, but that's football. Yeah, you mentioned Joe Caldwell there. He actually used some of his own money to sign you and Sherlock, so shows how tight finances was back then. Yeah. I had actually, because you could, you could, very hard to get out of UCD in those days. Um, like again, you were saying there was, there was stories linking English clubs wanting to come in, but he'd never let anyone go on trial, so there had to be money up front before he was interested. Oh, yeah. So I knew I could never get out. So Last contract I put a clause in, fifteen thousand pound. He had to release me. Right. Somebody offered for that. Now I don't know what Robert's paid again, but that's I. I put that in so I could get out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was money paid, and Jay Sherlock followed as well. Uh, yeah, just that year as well. What was what was Jason like? Did, did was he did you rate him as a as a player? Like yeah, lovely fella, really. So started in UCD. We were there in '95, and all the hype, the the dubs, and all that. We we got in on his coattails and many a nightclub. <laughs> no helicopter rides, no. No, we didn't get that. That was that was ours. Yeah, that was. Uh, but he he was, and he 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 paced a burn, um, which uh, it's a, it's a big thing if you, if you yeah, pace yeah. as a centre forward. I you know yeah. as a as a defender, it scared the life out of <laughs> out of many many a player. Um, but it's he he too many uh, distractions elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, by the time oh, I yeah. over us, then it was, it was well the year after uh, Richardson came in and it was it was one or the other. You needed yeah. to commit. That's right. Yeah. But then we we'll move on to the Intertoto Cup tie against Alte Sport and it came too soon. You Terry, you weren't involved, but Richie, you played in Turkey. Yeah. And he's got the return leg at Talca. So, uh, can you remember the goats? I do, it was unbelievable. Tell us about that, because Daryl told us about this. He said he, could, he walked there, there in the dressing room and he could smell, he said the smell. Yeah, it was horrendous. There were slaughtering goats in the stadium. Yeah, it was, we got there about an hour and a half before, before I got to, we drove to the stadium, there was all tanks going, you know the talks are like that bad as it is, but <laughs> yeah. there was all talks, you know, armies, armies, tanks got around the corner and all, so we got to the ground about an hour and a half. The stadium was jammed, the place was rocking, you know so I walked into the dressing room and there was a sheep tied to the, to the pole. <laughs> so I put my bag in, walked out, had a look around, the pitch was grand, the atmosphere was rocking. Like, right? So I went back in and the sheep was, uh, wasn't there. <laughs> so I walked out with Debbie Sodas and I looked at all the players and they had all this blood on the front. <laughs> I said, what the hell of shit myself here? <laughs> so uh, the gist of it is they, they cut the sheep's throat oh, and they put the blood on the front of it. Right? So uh, 
We were look. We played well that day for us. Yeah. We beat three ward. What do you think of the atmosphere of the game? Was the atmosphere was great. Yeah, great atmosphere. I missed a sitter near the end. It was kind of it was a sick guy. I missed an easy kind of head. I should have scored. But that, we played on the Saturday. The final week we played the, the second leg. Mm. Yeah, in Tolkien. And uh, I scored a good header about five minutes. Into, but when I headed it, the man came out and he caught me with his head. He caught me there. Or the big you. I don't know if you've seen the picture. Or the yeah, big loop coming out Thomas, So I went. I went to the. After the physio, the physio says, yeah, yeah, grand. I says, what? So he sent me back out, and I remember looking, I remember looking, the keepers taking the kick out, and I was looking, and I could see three keepers. I, was, I, said, I said to Tommy, there's something wrong here, so I had to, so I went off. And, I put and there wasn't really much uh, discussions about, like, concussions? concussions. No, yeah. it wasn't that hard. It didn't happen like put some water over yeah. it, and we go, you know what I mean? magic sponge. magic sponge, yeah. But I went to that show, I had a big, I was a, Bickle course, but I watched the match. The lads came back to three all, right. and it was the goal, the goal. Remember the goal, the goal. Mm. They scored an extra time. It was just all over. It was a weird kind of game, right? Really. Something mm. never, never liked. Yeah, they never, never liked, liked it. It was a weird finish. But uh, I think Mark Kenny got sent off, got an extra time. Yeah, Mark yeah. did as well. So, yeah. but it was a great experience, great trip, and it was great the way the fans came down to the hotel in Turkey after the game because we, you know, we were beat, we played well, you know. Yeah. A lot that's of fans that, And would you have a drink with them? And yeah, just, yeah, yeah, there. That, we're, that doesn't happen anymore. That was same, great. Same in Aldra. Yeah. We, doesn't we, happen we, anymore. We, um, yeah. We jumped back in the hotel. I was a smashing hotel. And we were, we it's a great atmosphere, you know. Because yeah. I think yeah. our flight was early. I think we were flying at six in the morning. Yeah. So we all had to have a few beers. All the fans came down. A lot of fans had came down on holidays for the match. They were in Tokyo. What do you call that? Uh, resort. Oh, Kusadasi. Kusadasi came yeah. down. Yeah, so the hopes were high going into the 1990. 899 season and we would hope to build on four plays Hoops boss Mick Bourne made some good signs and when talking about his squad he said Richie Porty for instance who would have thought he'd be a very good midfielder after years at full back with Dundalk so yeah it was weird talking about this transition so yeah well, I would have been honest when Mick saw me forced from Derry I was a right full I always played right full and it was when the Oil of Marl when Wheel, Paul Wheel was injured right and Mick said when you play set the half of the tournament because uh, I'd never played at the half before I got the Rovers. He says, Will you fill in with Paul? He had a Wheeler had a deal operation. I said, Yeah, no problem. And I played well and I could have left there. But Wheeler came back and we played three at the back. We played Wheeler on the right, myself on the left, and Jira was ill. Because myself and Wheeler were two snails, we had that sort of quick behind us, But then, um, went well at the half. I think Terry might have came, I thought it was before Terry came, near the end of that season, we had a few injuries. Our Mick asked you to play our centre midfield. Right. And the fans, it was more of a kind of ball winner. It was, it was, yeah. it was good, you know. It was different as well, you know. And I did well at the start of the next year. That year, the Toto I played in the middle of the park, you know. Yeah. So I think Teddy came. I think I think I was playing maybe ahead of Teddy or in the middle, and then um, all the way through from the middle of the park, there, you know. You were converted. Converted, yeah. yeah. So uh, talk about Mick Bourne as a manager, and um, then what was Damien Richardson like when he came in and? We started playing at Martin Stadium now as well. Soulless Martin so that's the Stadium, I suppose. Yeah, Mick. I go for it. Mick. I thought Mick was great personally. You know, uh, really did. He got the best out of me. Really enjoyed being with Mick. David came in, and uh, I, I had a, we all had a meeting up in the plaza. When David got the job, we all had times to go up and meet and have a chat. Yeah. I had an issue when I was playing against Shells for the dark. That uh, Mark Woodward broke his leg. Right. A day made a lot base me for weeks and weeks mm-hmm. of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Not stop for about three weeks, said us, you know, it was outright. So the minute I went there to Damien 
in the plaza we had a room the fourth before he even said he says before we say to you do you have a problem with me and he says and the first I had played well that year but always he says no I was grand I says well you've kind of allowed basically the paper for a month or so a while back no that's all I forgot about so I always had kind of an issue I think David had an issue with me so yeah. I really kind of took and did you, did you feel like that was carried on even though he said it didn't uh, no not really to be honest I think a little bit but not much it was more kind of but was that always in your in the back of your mind? A little bit, yeah. I thought it was the elephant in the room. You could say it was definitely an elephant in the yeah. room. Yeah, I think he was a big elephant. You know, what <laughs> I, mean? but, uh, I didn't have an issue with David, but in the sense, but I felt he could have had a little bit of a hang about that. You know, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. And maybe that's I enjoyed more with Mick than I did with David. And then I got injured, and then Teddy was playing with Shane, and they were playing well, and they actually. I remember going out to a, I was I had dumb, I'd ruptured my hamstring. It was a bad injury. I was out for a while now. Fair as well. You're jumping ahead now. Oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 go, go back to that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Terry's on now. <laughs> well, my, Mick, it was Mick that signed me, or Joe. Joe that signed me. But I found so I was going from UCD where it was all mates. Win, lose, or draw. We went yeah. out for a point. Yeah. Win did to Rovers and. There was lads depending on the, the money. Is this there. after the cans on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> we had them. <laughs> the Many stories. That was before the game, was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I found, so in, into Rovers, and uh, it took me a little while to settle. Uh, uh, and Mick, I thought, he was a bit too close to the players. He was, he, and he, was, he ended up working for, for a few of them. Um, Tommy in the, and Matt Britton. Uh, oh yeah, the, the wood floors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still going, isn't he? Yeah. So he was a bit too close, I and mean, I thought his his I had a lot of time for him, but his his coaching staff I would have had issue, and he didn't. He he probably said himself he didn't pick well, and also then we weren't we were training five side pitch up the Astro Park. Yeah. So we playing on that and doing a few runs. So that's side. how you train. Yeah, so... In Tala, the one on... Yeah, yeah, small pitches there, so you would train on two that. Two whatever, two pitches, yeah. Yeah, so we just play five sides. That's what we do, and we do a few runs on the, on the waist good, ground yeah. outside. And that's the training. And that that's the not training. ideal, in fairness. There was no shape, there was no there was no nothing. It was just you went and played. Group, uh, play the game of Bosic, playing with your mates. Yeah, 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 it wasn't far off. It. So, it took me a little while to get in. I ended up then getting in in centre midfield. And whatever I was, I wasn't a centre midfielder. So. <laughs> no. I um, I remember one one day I was just told go in and follow Paulo's arm around the park. Oh, that was when he was at his his best with Pats. Uh, so it took me a little while. Eventually got in a set of half, and then um, then yeah, Mick Mick went. Damien came in. I he he wanted to play the game the right way, and his training was right. Again, it was a, it was a. Off the pitch was a bit uh, all over the place. There wasn't a lot of structure. It was for, it was for years, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But like we, I give you an example. We'd be going training, so I'd pick up Derek Tracy. We'd be driving. We'd get onto the M50 and we'd ring, and based on where the park ranger was. That's the we, second time Daryl said this. Yeah. Uh, Daryl said it. this as well. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So we'd be up in the time and park. Uh, in in Taller or wherever wherever it was, but if the park ranger was there, no, we were to go somewhere else. Um, so who would who would be on Park Ranger watch? <laughs> whoever was the gaffer. Yeah, maybe yeah. the gaffer was. Uh, I don't know who it was, but that's that's what it was. 
So you'd, you'd rock up, get out of the car. So who would decide the alternative? So you'd, obviously the alternative would be planned. So it's like if the park range is there, we'll go. It could be the other side of Time of Park, or it could be. And where else did we go? We were in a few different places. We were down in... The spa well for a while, wasn't it? Spa well, yeah. Um, then we got to Sports Co. That was decent. Yeah, that was decent. That but it was, it was, it was a bit farcical. There was no dressing rooms, there was no nothing, there was no, no physios, there was, you, you'd rock up, yeah. in your gear, go back in the car, drive back to the shower at home. Would you train on the tarmac at all? Did that happen once? I don't remember that. There was a story about the Spawell, but I don't remember that one. Spawell yeah. car park. Spawell car park, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I was, I was there. Yeah, for, for, and was that. Damien as eccentric as his programme notes? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he, a lot of that I thought was for sure. It definitely was, but yeah, it was fantastic yeah. stuff, though. Like, yeah, even, even actually, uh, his team talks, he'd go off on a tangent, <laughs> and he'd be just throwing the big words out. And you, you, you bear in mind who he's talking to. Like, there's some of the lads, they'd be lost within the first yeah. 30 seconds. Footballers and as you know, being the brightest. But every now and then, if, if you were listening, you'd hear him, or I, I would cop him, and he'd be contradicting himself. And I'd, give him, I'd raise the eyes, and he'd know it. I, I liked him. I like. He, he he wanted to play the, the game the right way. He was a. Uh, he lost lost it a bit. Didn't have the, which when he went to Cork he started doing meditation and all this sort of stuff. Like he he, he never seen a tantrum like a, a half time. I hadn't. Yeah. Half time or, or full time and it would go on for a while. Which he he was he was what one for the tantrums. Wasn't oh he? yeah yeah. Fierce yeah. ones. Oh. Yeah. But a lot of them was for Shaw, wasn't it? The, yeah. the, the press outside, it have us outside for an hour after. And all yeah. that. I think it was a lot for Shaw. Yeah. Now, when you say that, right, you'll hear that a few times in different stories that players get kept for an hour behind. Now, would he be just hammering you for an hour? Yeah. Yeah, he'd be hammering you for half an hour, then he could have sweat, and then he'd, yeah. you know, he would go out, everyone would have a shower, but he would go out. So you're all just getting changed. And yeah, yeah. We've we got half, yeah. we half an hour of yeah, lavation. Yeah. Of the hairdryer tree. Yeah, yeah. 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 He'd be coming out in the... Yeah. yeah. The, the cups will be going across the, the, yeah. the tell the me table. about um, Martin Stadium I'll get on to you now as well yeah. uh, Dan uh, or, uh, Richie and uh, it was a solace place wasn't it yeah yeah like it didn't need Richie to like playing on upturned uh, egg carton what was it he was something yeah small little pitch <laughs> Daryl said that yeah. sometimes uh, he'd, he'd be playing he'd end up doing a long jump yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd was, was, yeah. was, was, a, was a mile away and it was yeah it was uh, yeah as I said there was nothing yeah. there was no there was no atmosphere it was just that was our home ground which mm. was which was uh, we were everywhere else I've been before then we were sharing with somebody or somebody when you think back to it though and you, and you put it in perspective now what Rovers did as regards to Ground, ground, or ground jumping is is insane when you think about oh, it. Yeah, like I, yeah. it's insane. We had it, like I, was, I probably played in seven or eight different home grounds. I remember down in Turner's Cross, Cork. You played in that game, yeah. yeah in that game. Yeah. Where anyway? Oh, was it Rose? Yeah. We played a home game in Turn in Turner's Cross. I don't believe it. Was yeah. That? yeah. We, there was something that happened. Were we in Richmond the week before or something? Something that yeah, happened. Was wasn't that the was, the rail outside? Yeah. There was a massive Richmond, DCD, Cork. Maybe Talca. It was like four different home venues in yeah. our hours. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. Down and the RDS, the RDS as well, wasn't it? That was in the 90s. Oh, the 90s. Yeah. 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 But down to Cork, and we were in the away dressing room. We had to wait the away, away gear. Uh, yeah, that was, they were tough, tough. Uh, right. tough what was the, what was it like going down on the bus to play a home game? Like, yeah. Again, football just get on with it. Yeah. You've, you've, 
it wasn't it's much of a thing now. Yeah, obviously, you don't want to be going to Cork to play yeah. at home, but um, yeah, you just get on with it. And when you're saying, Jew, you didn't you tell Martins? Oh, yeah, yeah, the atmosphere was. There was no atmosphere. It was too far away. Oh, yeah, running tracks around yeah. football. Yeah, the ball, yeah. the ball would go off, off the park. Yeah, I know there was the ball boys, but it was taking age to come back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're, you're yeah. trotting onto the concrete yeah. together. Well, there's some used to play a talk of Friday night, a double derby's great atmosphere, and then the following year playing at the yeah. Sarchi, where the pitch is poor, the toilet pitch, the fans are miles away from it. Yeah. It's just brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. And it was a Sunday afternoon. It was yeah, there was no... That That's what some of the fans would say to us. They said the, the real, the real ones who stuck by the club are the ones who tra- travelled all the yeah. way to Martin's Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were tough. They were yeah. tough years. Yeah. <coughs> Richie, you were out for seven months in early 1999, rupturing your hamstring. So, yeah. do you remember when it happened? Yeah. And did you was, think, fuck, this is it? Um, it was a weird one. Um, it was just what Terry's are about. There, we were trying on the Astro, which didn't help, obviously. We were playing. The rupture just gives me shivers. Yeah, it was a weird one. I had been training on up at Great Hills and like we were playing, there were two small pitches but it was a good tempo, like, was it wasn't yeah. like, you know? So every night morning we get there our bed for work and we I couldn't get out of my back, it was in bits and all. So we were playing Bray a Friday night and uh, in talking. We got for a walk straight over. About ten minutes ago. What were you doing at the time? I was playing a bit field, I was bursting into the box. Uh, so you were you were working nine to five, is it? Nine to five I was walking yeah. out of Valley Belt and I used to straight over and be, Wife would drop me lunch there and have it lunch at dinner and straight change in the toilet. That was it. You yeah. change in the toilet. Tracks you earlier. I'd stra- head straight off. It had to be a talker for six o'clock. I didn't finish work till five. So yeah, yeah. That was a normal fair, you know. Every, 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 yeah. So uh, everyone held down a job as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was never full time. I was always part yeah. time, you know. But uh, the first ten minutes, I was getting into the box and break. It was like someone kicked me in the back of the leg. Right. And I looked around and there was no one there. I was like, what the? But uh, I knew it was in trouble there. Stretch it, stretch it off, and uh, I couldn't drive my dad, I had to drive my car home from here. But the next day I woke up, and from my bum down to my calf yeah. was black and blue. What? Black and blue. Yeah, we were, tr- we were trying in the thing the next day. We used to try it out where the Astro was. There was a fi- used to the physio room, was there, remember? We used to the physio in the dressing room. There was a little physio oh, yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I showed the lads, and you couldn't believe it, the obviously there was an issue. So after a couple of months, I went. I got it sorted a lot, mm. you know. But when I came back playing, it was like running on one leg. There was no power on this side, you know. Really? Yeah. So I had to go to. Uh, I went to Alan Bourne came in with David. This happened when Mick was in charge. So that shows a lot. It, was, it happened with Mick, and I didn't really get back playing till David came in. Right. So he brought in Alan Bourne. He was brilliant. The FEI fellow, GP. He's our GP, uh, and he brought in Alan Kinsley. Do you remember Alan Kinsley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he walked with everyone for about. Well, the lads were doing pretty strength training, was it? Yeah, so get me. I was up at Leopardstown in yeah. the gym. I always got to Leopardstown. Yeah. And was it noticeable as regards to the, when you're looking at your leg? Could I you could, notice the, as in, like, because it was the cut of house, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when I was trying to lift the bar, I remember we used to lift the house, I couldn't even lift the bar. Oh. So eventually I got back and got built back up and all. But uh, it was a long time. It was a, It was probably the worst injury I had, you know. It's. I'd say it's hard to stay mentally strong as well. It was. The team was... They were playing well, but it's not the same. You go to matches, you know. You go to talk and to watch a match, you know. You're not gonna be playing. Yeah, it's yeah. just not the same, you know. But that was the worst injury. I had like a fair, had a good career, and that was really probably the one. Bad that was the worst one, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah wasn't one. too blinded by no, injuries. No, didn't have any breaks. Like Terry had touch wood, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah we yeah. only we Joey O'Brien in here, and Joey was telling us about his injury list. Jeez, it was a long. Yeah, it was a long. Said, I yeah. think total accumulated time. 
possibly four years. Yeah, but yeah. Was, that's some mental strength to come back from that, you know. And even yeah, now that's that's one thing we admire about him. His mental strength was was pretty much what got him through. And he actually went out of his way and paid a lot of his own cash yeah, to get yeah, to get uh, seen by the, the specialist in Canada mm. who fixed Rodriguez, the baseball player, fixed Tiger Woods. So he, and, and he still talks to him to this day. So it's it was a really good story about. Yeah. His his mental yeah, strength to keep going. Years, I think it was the guts of that. I think yeah. I, I had to be in the guts of four years out on the on the on the stretcher. Like, so a uh, few people asked about this one. Your famous brace against Bose as a makeshift centre forward. <laughs> so you're out seven months. I think you'd only made maybe made a sub appearance at this point. Yeah. So you were about to tell the story earlier. So I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> people always say I scored a, a brace against balls. I actually scored two braces against balls. The first two was uh, both and Hulka. The first one was uh, ninety seven. Was the first season. Uh, two great corners from Kellers, Two good headers. We beat balls to one. But this one, uh, when I came back from the injury, I thought about mm. Teddy was playing at the half with Shane, and I was going out to. I was. Come back, I was going to play a reserve game on a Saturday. I was heading out, having gear on. And Davey Richards, Richards, Davey says, Richie, don't play today. I said, well, I could do it with a game. I'm running back. He yeah. said, no. He said, well, short a few bodies. My cousin was injured. I can't remember who else. Francis. Shawnee Francis, that's right. So I went I went up to Tonga the next day, expecting to be on the bench. And David called me out. He says, I've got to play up front. I remember that. And he says, what? <laughs> he says, I've got to play up front. So what were you thinking? I had never played a front for, you know. I'm going to ask, what was he thinking? Yeah, you know, what was he thinking, you know? <laughs> that's what but we, he was were, we were saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what the team was saying. But, um, so if, like, if, if, if you were in his shoes, I'll, I'll put it to you, actually, yeah. uh, Terry, what would you have done? Would you have put him up front? <laughs> of course I would. He should have said, yeah, you know. But Richie was always... <laughs> You'd always get the ball into him. He'd always he wanted the ball and could play it, but he was very good in the air. So you could see where he, he could yeah he yeah, could he do was, a job. He was so short. He, he was hoping yeah. people would play off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Joe yeah. played up front with Joe Artie Stewart, young lad. Yes, yeah. The team was played yeah. up front because yeah. there were so many injuries. Artie was on, Artie played at the, the reserve game the day before, so he obviously came up to be on the bench as well, right. and he started. Yeah. So, so that was played. a makeshift. Yeah, well, I was a makeshift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, David says to me, "Call your son, Richie. We're short of ball. He's going to play a foot. Put yourself a bill." And three of them. <laughs> I says, "David, yeah, no problem. So delighted to get back play, you know. And nothing to lose. First ten minutes, I think. Billy has a shot, and it's going to go on target. But I, a friend has put me foot out. It's going to flick around the keeper. So it was one of the great starts, right?" It was a great atmosphere. It was a Sunday afternoon. It was a score. Did you remember that one? 4,000 fans. Yeah. It was in Talca because it was away to Balls. Was it, it could have been, yeah. But Balls was, I think, under development at the time for a few That's months. right, yeah, yeah. So this was a away game against Balls at Talca, so it's an unusual one. That's right. Yeah. And then Crow scored a good goal and a good header. We're two, I think it was one all half time because I scored a four. We got a free kick out wide. About 10 minutes a second, I'm not sure, about 10 minutes a second half. Kelly's whipped another great ball in a really, and the man Russell used to make a goal yeah. it, and flicked it over him, so it was 2 1. And then Some Shane, man for the set pieces, Kenny, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yeah, delivery, it was great delivery. delivery yeah. right? And then Shane Robbins scored a tour 3 1, so it was a great day, you know. But I played him front for a couple of weeks after that, would you believe it? He yeah. must be really desperate. <laughs> You'd have to, after scoring two against balls. And you surprised even Rico. He said afterwards, uh, two goals was beyond his wildest expectations. <laughs> <laughs> he'd never even seen you play a front before, so. Yeah. I think I played a front a couple of weeks after that Cuzzo came back and then we saw it um, Graham Lawler 
Graham Lawrence yeah. that was it then then I was pushed back then I was waiting for Terry and Shane to get <laughs> take their position there anyway Cuso was quite similar with injuries as well because he was showing us his knee when he was here he, he yeah, had a couple of bad ones didn't he yeah he was really bad yeah Terry you were chosen it's a close play of the season in 1999 so where's the trophy still in the mountains. in my mum's yeah, yeah. yeah it's still there just came from there dropped the kids off on the way over so yeah it's still proudly there and um, yeah. did you feel like you were in the running in that season for it? I knew I'd had a good year. Yeah. Um, in and around then, I got, I, I, I'd stayed injury free for a good, good, uh, bit after the broken leg. A few little niggles, but I was, so it was solid. I tended yeah. to be, like, the, Alan Byrne used to say about me, like I was seven or eight out of ten every week. Yeah. Week, like there was no. Mr. Consistent. Yeah, very, very few tens, but you wouldn't get too many threes or fours. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I'm obviously delighted. And the Player of the Year awards, can you remember them? Were they... Can you remember them? <laughs> it was in the Red Cow. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember they were usually, they, That's when they used to be a big occasion. Yeah, yeah. the Red Cow Hotel yeah. was a big occasion. Uh, but no. Was it the, was it Black Toy then? No. They used to have one or two. No, that everybody got fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Used to be cool, just not what the fancy dress was. Yeah, smart casual. Yeah. So we're not letting you away with us, uh, Richie. Yeah. The, the own goal in the yeah, ball yeah. game at Sandry. I, I honestly I think, think it's on YouTube. Before, I honestly oh, watch it's on YouTube. So we're gonna yeah, relive okay. this. Sure. Yeah. I think Tony Adele should have said. Actually, Tony Tony listens. So to, Tony's a great lad. He only yeah. dropped up a jersey for us. We uh, we're doing our all time eleven at the minute, and we had a fan pick Dutch Jerry. He's a goalkeeper himself. He used to play in Holland right. in the league. The the second division was he saying? And uh, no, Tony issue. dropped in a uh, jersey no, he got from the 21s when he was on the bench, and it's actually a cracker of a jersey. It's the Adidas one, it has all the padding on it, and he signed it from. So it was a nice touch from Tony. The good lad, Tony, for us. So do you want to describe this one? What year would you say this? Uh, this was just 2000. Two te- <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was it was one. Could have been It was a toy, I remember. Mark stayed in that year, remember? Yeah. Uh, it was a scrap. It was a dreadful day. It was a scrappy match. Remember. Another unfortunate point about this is I think we'd been unbeaten against Bowles in about ten games, leading up to this match. Sorry, sorry, you really made me feel just now. Sorry, to rub it in. I don't remember that, Rich. Yeah, do you remember that? Because you, I seen the clips of the match like you were playing as well. Your man, remember the lad that went to to went to England. He went to Barber, I think he was. Pepper Ball was a good little winger. Oh, yeah. Oh, was it? Was it there? But he, 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 went, he went down the line, he whipped it in. I didn't, I didn't move my feet quick enough for them affairs. Screwed off. Screwed. Yeah. I went to cut a side for it wide, I was running back, and it hit me shake out and flew in the top corner. <laughs> I t- oh, it was probably the worst. And the result finished one nil. was a sit yeah. by it, right? Mm. But I still think Tony should have saved it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Richie, you joined Kilkenny November 2000 and you were 28 at the time, so how did that come about? And obviously you must have been upset slightly. Yeah, it probably, down. yeah it probably was probably the worst time for me, I'd say, in my football career probably. I wasn't getting, wasn't really getting on with Damien. He wanted me to go alone, he didn't want to go alone anyway. Yeah. I wanted to cut a fresh start. Uh, I knew Joe McGrath, he was a Joe's team, so I was playing, so Joe was a merger Kilkenny. Yeah. And there was only a couple of months left. They were trying to, ha- trying to stay up. And I needed to go out and play, you know. I hadn't been playing. So I went down. I a couple of good players down there. Greg Costello was down there. Right. A couple of, couple of, one or two lads from New Zealand he brought over. 
but uh, we struggled, and uh, professionalism wasn't there. We from everyone I think, and then you how know, many nights are we training? Was that now? We're trying to choose tours of hers, a bit like uh, what Teddy said. We were all over the place. You got a phone call, you're here this week, you're yeah. here this week. So it was a bit of a we were out in Luke in some direction, but it was, it was a bit of a farce. And I was actually going to pack it in after that, yeah. because uh, the kids were playing, they were good. Darley was playing, Richie was playing. I wanted to go and see them, you know. Because yeah. you know, when, you're, when you're playing League of Ireland years ago, it's a big commitment. You're walking all the time, you're training Tuesday, Thursday, you're playing Friday, you're probably yeah. in Sunday. I wanted to see the kids. So I, I just got a lock around the head. So Theo don't rang me about a couple of months later. Theo was at UCD. Right. And he rang me. He says, come up. And I said, I'll take the jacket in. You know, so he says, come up and see what the trial was. So, Paul Dulo was in charge with another fellow. Remember the solicitor, Evan, was it there? He was manager. Evan Moran or something, was it? Moran? Um, Moran, yeah. Moran, yeah. yeah. Moran was the manager and Dulo was the assistant. So, I went up and out soil and said, I'll do pre season and see how it's going, right? And the first Dulo, the pre season was great. UCD have great facilities, yeah. you know. So, I got myself fit, had a good season, soiled, had soiled for the following year. And uh, so, the Kilkenny was. The, the thing for me to leave and leave and roll was I remember going to meet David out in uh, Leeds End. Right. It was a Thursday, and I spoke to Joe Cowell. Joe was great for me as well. I spoke to David, and he they, they owed me a few quid. Right. And he says we're gonna we're gonna let you go, and you can get you a few quid. Kilkenny gave me the few quid. Right. It was right. Christmas time or something. Right. But that was a kind of sad time because I really I didn't want to leave Rovers, but I needed had to go out and play. Yeah. And at first when I went back to play Rovers for UCD. The fans were great. I remember playing them with Talke. I think it was on the bench. Or you know, you do the warm down to Talke. Mm. You got a great reception, so that was nice yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. The fans have always been good to you, right? Terry, do we dare mention the six four? No, haven't thought about it since actually. Really? Yeah. 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 Was it that bad? Look, I have to get an insight into this because we we were we weren't around for this, so. Well, we had we had um, Derek Trace and Tony Dowd in, and they were both delighted that they weren't involved. Did yeah, they actually yeah, had a good they laugh. About so it. happy that they, they didn't. They weren't play playing, were they not? Yeah, no, no. they weren't. Well, that was the season I had left. I was out with UCD playing Kilkenny for Kilkenny, and I heard on the radio and I couldn't believe it. It was a Sunday afternoon, was it? Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we uh, we had we were winning four one without playing well. Bowls yeah. bowls were dreadful, and. We'd scored goals and we were four one. It was it looked like it was going to be comfortable. So what happened but in the dressing room? Not not exactly what happened, but what like what was it like in the dressing room at four a four one? You just probably think, ah, oh, game over. Well, do you remember what Tommy Dunn said? This is what Tony Dale told four us. Four oh, there was some. No, he said uh, go five to Rico. Oh yeah, five at the, the back. He wanted yeah. to come on. Out. There was some. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But Rico was he was all about. And he'd, he'd just gone into us playing a very high line. Right. So he wanted the defence pushing up. So he's screaming at the sideline. He, he's lost at the sideline, getting us to push up. But we had... Dave Smith was the right back. Right. So we were coming up in a fractured line that's kind yeah. more diagonal. And he's... Dave Smith's on the far side, so Rico's on the other side shouting that. So left back, two centre halves are coming up, but he's not coming up. So they so, just keep him on. And there was no pressure on the ball at any stage. So we're coming out and the ball going over the top and oh again. Every time they, they did it it went in. And it was I still no, I'm still it's still raw, I have to say, and it's been raw, <laughs> wow. it's been raw. What was it what was the atmosphere like after the final whistle like I mean was there was there was there abuse from the fans, was it? 
What I remember about it is the, is the dressing room afterwards. Yeah. You talk about what was a that tantrum there. That was yeah. Richardson after that. Dave Smith was never seen again. <laughs> yeah. He'd have base about going to He'd never seen again. He went, yeah. he went over top, but he was never seen. He never... No one ever saw him. I see that show that I really helped lad days that day. Yeah. He was over it. was over water. Totally over water. Really? Yeah, it was. Too much. Too much. 100%. 100%. The lad retired yeah. after He really retired? Yeah. We, def- we never saw him in, in, even at training. He never. Yeah, I watched that movie. I couldn't believe it. Jesus. Yeah, it's something that we don't really. We'll just edit that one out. We don't <laughs> talk about that one. Um, Terry, ever present? 2000 and. 2001, 2001, 2002, so like we said, Mr. Consistent, what did, uh, and that was after the leg break as well, was it? Well, leg break had happened, oh, I can't give you a year, maybe 96, 95. So you were consistent, that, those two years must have been, must have been delighted to just be, a, yeah, be consistently was, was, playing yeah. football without injuries. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, I was flying at the time, there was, there was nothing, you always had something, there was always a niggle, there was always yeah. something, but there wasn't enough to, to stop you. Like, mm. they, they used mm. to. And would you have injections back then? Would be? I never did, no. no but the, uh, they, were they, they, they were they around? they were around. But you'd always be playing, I don't know, you might be playing 70 or 80%. Yeah. There was always, like, always had a little, there, was always, there was always something. Like, you, you would get onto it, but before, <clears> year, year before I left, I had a Gilmore's groin. So, right. it's like a hernia. So you can, you can train, and you can play about. I was able to play for about sixty minutes, right. and then it was, it was just pain, just like a groin strain, and you're you're really dragging yourself, yeah. and you're in bits down for a couple of days, and then you it starts to get easier, and then you play. But then you again. play again, so it's just an ever present so thing, yeah. At that at that stage, it was that was Liam Buckley's last year, and I was captain, and we were struggling. So you just had to play, it's just yeah. the way, uh, just the way it was. But back when you were talking then, now you just yeah, you play every week. Just happy to do it. I didn't, didn't it. think about it at the time. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, no, you just got on with it. What about uh, yellow cards? Did you pick up a few, but just not enough to get any suspensions? I didn't really pick up that many yellow cards. I would like again as a defender, I didn't tend to go to ground, so there was no. Yeah, we've got some, but there was no. And I, I was always good with referees that I'd, I'd get them on my side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was always, you know, yeah, sorry about that ref, it won't happen again. Mm. And then the next time. On behalf of the other players, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always thought that if you get a good relationship with the ref, you get away with a hell of a lot. <laughs> and you get a lot. And it stood to me. Stood to me. I could never understand the lads who be calling the refs all names. Yeah, from yeah. The, from he's the, the guy in the middle of the park officiating the game. You got to be on the side. Yeah, and yeah. then you're looking for something. Clever. You're just after calling them at whatever. <laughs> two minutes before. And so uh, ever present Rara players since the turn of the century. This is the list I came up with since you. It's just Aidan Price, 2006. Alan Manis, 2010. Simon Madden, 2015 and 2016. And we've potentially two this season. Adam Manis and Pico, they both played every league game. Okay. Pico so, has been very, very good this season. So I have a question for you, a theoretical question. Imagine you've played uh, 120 consecutive league appearances for Rovers, right? Imagine you're heading towards an all-time league record. Rovers are playing in Galway on the Friday, the same day that your brother is getting married. What do you do? What do you do? You play it. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. Even with the brother's wedding. 
Derfor, det er 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 derfor, You could say the dead blow. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He didn't play it again. I, there was, I missed so many weddings. Yeah, and various social occasions due to football. Like yeah. there, there was one. I was just going out with pretty the wife now, and it was over in London. So she didn't really know my family, but she went over, represent. I played a game. There was game was changed from a Friday to a Saturday. There was something on it. And she went over, but she was many of those. They sent photos of the the dinner yeah. dinner plate beside that yeah. I missed at the wedding. But that's just the way it was. Yeah, just, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But even saying that, it extends to fans as well. Like we we had a good one there recently. We you saw in the papers. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ryan. And even even one of the lads, his missus was due that day. Mm. He was in he was in Delhi. <laughs> yeah. He was hoping the phone wouldn't ring. Yeah. So it's just. Like, so yeah. <laughs> Tony Kelly on the bus to Sligo, he was, he was at a wedding as well. And he was like, Usher made a show of me. Yeah. Because he left the wedding and he didn't yeah, leave his yeah, wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, sorry, I lost where I was now. Niall Keenan. Uh, yeah. It was a question from Niall Keenan. He wants to ask Terry, at what stage during his Rovers career was he most sure we would move to Tala? And also, what was his favourite home ground we used to play in in his time? When was I sure that we have to tell it? Never. Did you, ne- did you never think it would happen? Well, I was there at the turn of the sod. Yeah, so was I, yeah. What year was happened? 2000. We had your hair, Bertie, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We had your hair, yeah. So we, we, we thought it was happening then, and then you saw the structure going up, and then we were training on the pitch. We you were training on the pitch. Yeah, like that, again, it was a building site, but we got in and we, mm. say, we managed to train on the pitch until some health and safety. <laughs> God, I'm sure you kicked us off. Uh, but yeah, you know, you think it's going to be this year, but then you're up and there's no work has happened in however long, and well, maybe it'll be next year, yeah. and next year. And then it was just, mm. just went on. What was my favourite home ground? I like Richmond. Yeah, it seemed to be a good atmosphere in Richmond. Yeah, well, Richmond are talking, but yeah. Rich, Richmond, I like the, yeah. the Friday the nights. Even yeah. playing against Pats, I always liked to go there. There was always good atmosphere yeah. under the lights. Yeah. What about you? What was the favourite home ground playing for always? Talking for me, talking yeah. yeah. Especially the double games of Friday night were great. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Especially Chant. the shells of the Will, the atmosphere was great. You're right. And big. it's back this season as well. We'll have a, we'll have another double derby to look forward. Yeah. To. The real one, as some people say. We don't know about that. That's they're probably cool. shells, man. Are all rings and rivals? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We'd uh, George Cardi. He says while we were in talk, I remember telling Terry on his way back after the warm up that we were doing a bucket collection in the crowd to make sure the players got paid that week. Do you remember this? Yeah. I'm a yeah, little yeah. bit of a low point. Football. Yeah, so I was, around that time I was I was captain and there was the money issues. There was so I'd be dealing with there Would you be directly involved in money issues as the captain? Yeah, well I'd be I'd be the one go back to the players. Yeah. So it was um, delivering the news. Delivering the news. And we had full time players, uh, Trevor Malloy, Shane Robinson, Tony Grant. So we'd full time players relying on it. So obviously the missus are looking for the money to feed the family yeah so what's the story so we'd go into tony mcguire what's the story and tony was nice fella but he'd tell you black was white yeah and you'd go out and you think i'm black is white and then you walk out the door and go no it's not actually so <laughs> you'd have the wages tomorrow and tell the lads the wages would be there tomorrow and of course they weren't there tomorrow so what would he say to you he'd say they're there and then what would the phone call like be saying is not they're not but then, it was, then it was tony Ellis. So, so someone else would give you the bad yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. 
that would be tight, be tight. We're hoping to, we're waiting on a fella. It was always a fella. Okay. Fella's going to give us five grand. <laughs> Who's this fella? Don't know, don't know. There's something, there was always something going to happen that this money was going to appear. So, yeah, it was tough going because I remember going, we were playing Pats in Richmond one day, one evening, Friday night game, and I parked the car across from, uh, I come out of work, parked the car, walking across the, the road. Yeah. And I get a phone call, Tony asks, uh, the wages won't be there today, even though they've been promised. So we're going to the dressing so room. So what's the exchange? Like, I mean, are you angry? Are you, of course I am, yeah. Tony Ellis. It's not ideal, the yeah. other four yeah. matches. But I go into the dressing room to tell the lads, or the lads, that's the first thing, where are the wages? Because they're due probably the previous Monday. Right. And they so they're all a few weeks now. Yeah, yeah. probably, yeah. There was, gosh, at that stage, we were in down. Four, six weeks, yeah. you, were, you were well behind. Uh, but right before the game, where the wages? And again, the lads have been promised, and now no, we have to go out and play. So it wasn't. And was this uh, a public knowledge thing? That Some would have been. Yeah. Some some wasn't. Like we, 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 uh, we had to get the union in. We, we had to threaten to go on strike. We, we, were, we didn't train one day. It was in the papers the next day, just to try and put pressure on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the, yeah, the the whip around, I remember that. With the, so again, it must have got into the papers, and there was there was lads that had to pay their bills and had yeah. to. Um, so the, the fans had had a whip around and came onto the pitch. Whatever the I don't know the game. I don't think we won. We might have drawn. They came onto the pitch, so I thought, here, oh, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Something, something's going on here. <laughs> but uh, handed me a, a bag. Whip around full of full of money. Do you know how much? Can you remember how much you are? I do because I I ended up giving it to. I, I was, we gave it to charity because I, I couldn't, really? couldn't take it. Went to a went to a wear. Uh, no, I didn't know what a wear was at the time. Yeah. Uh, fighting depression. Uh, but yeah, I gave it to a wear in once one of the supporters was involved with them. In some, ah, right. So there was an association there anyway. So that's why I, I took the money and I wrote a check or something. Or something like that. And we've more questions. We've Mick McCarthy. Do you know Mick? I do. The yeah. senator, as, yeah. as we call him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he says, "Do you know how many sleeps it is before a cup final?" Oh, I should have looked at my watch. Not far <laughs> enough. Um, what have it? Twenty-eight. That's it. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So Mick is uh, He's really looking forward. Mick's a great lad. We had him on the show as well. Yeah, he's he's carried the guy. Some stories. Yeah. We're playing an interview with him earlier in the show, and he said he literally cannot sleep. <laughs> he, just, he lies in bed thinking about the cup fun. <laughs> Some stories, even the ones off here. Yes, <laughs> the real yes, ones. And yes. uh, Sean Field says, Ask them, is there any chance of a land so they can fly home with a final? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have, we'll have a whip. We'll have a whip. We have a good couple of lads yeah. involved. In the, like, there's, there's Dan Fulham there's Sean Fields there's Steve Series there's a good few lads in, in Australia and everybody seems to be flying home so it's planes, trains and automobiles yeah. I think for yeah. everybody so. I, I think we're going to have a, a cracker of an attendance as well because like you said Prof you said that there's uh, like there's both sides to the story here there's Dundalk who are a really good team looking for a treble and it's us Trying to break the hoodoo of 32 Ooh, years yeah. we'll certainly so, have a big crowd whether, huge, whether they, yeah. they do or not we got the south stand as well yeah. 
I was trying to predict with somebody what the crowd would be. We're, we're reckoning maybe 40,000. I'm hoping it would. I mean, I thought, yeah, like, we were uh, we were having the debate thinking that Sligo would probably bring more because that's a great little football town. Yeah. They'd all just come up well, for the day. they did last, remember? Yeah, still the highest attendance. Yeah. Isn't that 36,000? Yeah, yeah. I would give it an L30,000. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they'll, they'll try. With the tickets being, being that as well, and we're going to... If you get a good day, we're gonna hopefully have a push for it as well in the round Tala. Like we want Tala to come out and support, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's what the next big push will be. And it must be the charge of the tickets. It has to be a tenner. It's always a tenner. So imagine you were watching the semi final on TV, Terry, and you know all about beating balls in a cup semi final because you scored in that 2002 semi final win true, over yeah. balls. So tell us your memories of that. We had we'd lost two two semi finals. The two previous years, one was to Bowles and one was to Dundalk. Um, so all, all week, I, I knew, and I had said it earlier in the week, we were going to win. Yeah. Even though Bowles were flying at the time and paying all the money, I knew we were going to win. Um, it was probably ended up being our cup final that year. Which we, who, was that the, who was the manager of Bowles at the time? Bucko. Bucko, wasn't it? Oh, Bowles. Oh, yeah. Bowles. Bowles was, was Kenny. Uh, yeah. It was Kenny, yeah. 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 So we, we uh, yeah, we went at them and we were we were very good that day. I scored a nice a nice header um, from a corner and who got the other one? Was it Robo? Or Tony Grant, one or the other. But we were we were very good and we were we were up for it and it was as I said, because of what had gone on the two previous years, we we Bowles had beaten us and we in it there was a we we it should have been a draw. In the in daily amount in the, the two years beforehand, yeah, there was a penalty, wasn't a penalty. Then, then Dundalk the year after, a lot had gone on with that. There's a story of that, and then we're here for what you can tell it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here, lads. Uh-huh. We so it was around, it was near, it was the last year of, of, of Richardson. We were, I think, we were second in the league, we were in that cup semi final. We were in the flying. League Cup semi-final, but we were stuttering like we were. Yeah. Uh, so we'd gone up there, and we'd got there early, and we're on the pitch, and he hadn't named the team yet. And this is on the day? This is on the day. Would, that be, would you be a fan of knowing 24 hours before? Yeah. This or on the day, like, does it keep you on your toes, or...? Generally, you know you're you're playing. Yeah. Unless yeah, you know, injuries team, yeah. or just something. You do, but... It was left back. He couldn't decide on. So right. it was Theo. Oh, sorry, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Dawn and Garrett Cronin. So we're on the pitch and we're all talking. And he calls Garrett over, and he comes back and we go, "Are you playing?" I don't know. <laughs> Tommy goes over. Are you playing? I don't know. <laughs> then the two of them go over and they come back and we're going to wait for the doc and the physio to come up and to decide who's fitter. So we're going after. Okay, who's fitter? That's a bit yeah, strange. strange. They might have been carrying knocks and they might have been. So yeah, we're looking at each other going, it's gone, this is gone, this is, this is strange. Anyway, it takes a good while. So we're arsing about and this, like the focus is gone. So eventually, so I couldn't tell you which one of them played, but we were we were flat that day. Yeah. Uh, and Dundalk, uh, they well deserved it. Gary, Gary Haylock got a couple for them. Uh, but it was that was one, and that was that was the start. But then we went down to Limerick. We lost the the, the League Cup semi final. Right. Then we threw the league away, and that's yeah. The pressure was was shown with yeah. some. Hmm. So the 
This will be the fourth uh, FBI Cup final for Rowers since we last won in 1987. Uh, we lost to Galway in 1991, Derry in 2002, Sligo in 2010. So Terry, you played that day at Talk Park in 2002. And the most common thing we've heard about that is the way we approached the whole occasion was wrong. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have the tracksuit? Possibly. <laughs> Did you think that it could have been a more professional approach? Oh, of course, of course. So we, like, was it, this it, was this voiced? Did somebody voice this opinion? But there was no money around, so it was no. <clears throat> it, it was just the way it was. So decided during the week, or it, it was decided we treated like a normal game. So trained as normal. We sat in our own beds, and I, I remember driving up to the to Talca it was, and parking the car, and the supporters were walking up. And you're walking with them? Yeah, with my tracksuit and bag over. So you are not doing together all car? No, no. And the, the, the fans were saying it then, oh, this is ridiculous, this is Mickey Mouse. Then Derry pulled up in their coach and they all got out in suits, yeah. all looking a million dollars. They had stayed around the corner in the, what, one of the skylines or whatever else. Preparation. Done, it, done it right. And so they were on the pitch in their suits and we were on the tracksuits like Sharon Knackers. Uh, <laughs> We uh, yeah, this for a final. That was for a final. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Plus, this, 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 is, this goes. This has been talked about a lot. Yeah. Of week. Plus, Talca was our home ground in time. So you can yeah, imagine he's walking to the game, the cup yeah. final, and the fans are walking with them, and that's the best. Yeah, they parked. They parked for an only park. There was nothing. There was no. <laughs> then the game, the game was flat. There was nothing. There was the fire at the the, hmm. the pylon yeah. that disrupted it, and we couldn't just couldn't get going. It was, it was nothing. The game. Liam Coyle, he's only one leg at the time. Yeah. He scored a goal. And yeah, we just couldn't get into it. James Kelly should have scored. Excuse me, an equaliser. He did a free header. And it was one we, we just let get away. Yeah. Because they were poor side at the time. They were down fighting allegation. And we just never turned up. That's the one that's the one that got away, it's not yeah, as hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's one of the regrets I have. Yeah. So Richie, you hung up your boots after Kildare County. Tommy yeah. Dunn followed you again. Yeah, Stalker followed you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he might be somewhere. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have I finished up a U C D and I was that was that was it, I was gonna have a break and I was I think about twenty, twenty one or something, you know. A day McKinney maybe. He says, you want to come back, I'd want to try to get Kildare to promote him to a good squad. I said, no, I'm not. He says, you're in the same situation, you're going to take a break or watch your kids play. And he says, well, come down and have a couple of weeks, you think. So I went down, Gavin Dykes was there, he had a good squad, assistant manager, did uh, Barry O'Connor was down there, a couple yeah. of good players, and we paid yeah. a few quid, right? So after a couple of weeks, I said, yeah, grand, so we too. We were flying, we had a good side, we were winning the fourth division mm-hmm. well, we were about seven points clear. Well, after there, but would this they? have been? Would we have had hoops on loan there? Would we have podge? I think oh, that, was, that was years later. Years later, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Gareth Crowder came down later on. We just yeah. Gareth was down yeah. there. Ray Kenny, W. Ray Kenny yeah. was there. There was a few yeah. good players. John Roy was up front. We had a couple of good players. Ray Kenny's they, a fireman. Isn't that's it? right, yeah. They were a good squad. He, he wanted to get promoted. But after how would it be for months and months? We went to the dressing room one day, half or seven points clear. And he says, uh, how about, just what I'm telling you, lads, I'm leaving. He said, what? <laughs> he says, I'm leaving. He said, I'm taking the dairy job. He was offered a dairy right. job. And I think his girlfriend was from Dairy the toy or something. Dirty guy. So he says, I'm leaving. So that was what he took. The, it was dairy was a big job at the time. So he went. But he brought a lad called, uh, I didn't know anything about it. A fellow called Eric Hannigan. Right. I didn't know much about him. He played junior leagues. Like, he mm. took over. And I just went belly up. We didn't even make 
We were seven points seven clear. Points seven points clear, didn't he make the playoffs? Wow. Mark Kenny came up near the end, Kenyans came up, we had a couple just a pair shaped. That was it then for me then. There must have been a few queer Kenny went up. Yeah, there was a few <laughs> That's why they're that's why they're closed down yeah. now. <laughs> Still paying the bills. Yeah. And uh, your two sons went on to play for the hoops. You got Daniel Purdy, who played for the Robbers B team in 2014, and Richard, he was on our books for three years. He played for the 19s before being loaned out to Drogheda and Cavantiri. So, in terms of senior appearances, you got Richie, he made four, Daniel made one. So, was that really proud for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a light bit. Daniel was flying for Longford with Cuzzo. And I thought a B team was a great idea personally because there was too much of a gap between the light deals and the first There still is. There still it's is. The graveyard The lesser senior team are getting all the kind of young players because if a kid's improving and he's a good bit, he's a little bit off the force, mm. he was not ready. Reserve league would be fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, it was great and it was great to watch them the two, even Richie improved for the B team and so did Daniel. But uh, Lucy took the job. And he scrapped it, he obviously financially wise, he wanted to keep his... Yeah, I think it cost him. Yeah, it's great to see the two. I Richie stayed and played a couple, we got one or two games and lesser see a couple of mm-hmm. Daniel went, I don't know what Daniel went after that. I can't remember where he went. But um, yeah, it was great to see the two of them play. And young Artie played for the seven deals for a while, all the up as well. I was managing his team and uh, it was great to see what I played for all, was right? Oh, yeah. 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 I can only imagine how it feels. Um, Thirty at the end of two thousand four, yourself and Mark Kenny were told by Roddy Collins that you were no longer part of his plans, even though you were both promised contracts. So, which leads to Daniel O'Brien's question: Why did you sign <laughs> yeah, for them? Yeah. Now, as a as a fan as well, how was surely I mean, was I it the know, only I offer on the table? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> after all, yeah, I feel straight that. after all. What? I so, was offered the balls and got thrown down. Mustn't have been a few good there. So. <laughs> so the year before was the year I was I, I was talking about. I was the captain and I was injuries, but I was playing. I was gone whatever 60, 60 minutes and I would struggle. I wouldn't train. Blah blah blah. So, but we team was struggling. Liam Buckley was struggling. Uh, so I I was playing. The week before, Bucko got the got the sack. Alan Byrne, the doctor, turned to me and he says, "No, no more. You're, you're just you're just destroying yourself. That you need to need to rest it. We need to have an operation." Right. So, oh jeez. So, uh, Roddy came in the week after, as he does with his bluster. Uh, <laughs> he came in, swaggered in, swaggered. Oh, no. Could go on, but I won't. Do go on yeah, if you no, want. I mean, he's. No. He, <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he's so, oh, big time, big time. So he says there was a few of us injured at the time, uh, and he says that he wanted to build a team around one, two, three. So I don't know who they were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he did this Keith in front Doyle. of everybody? No, he pulled the four of us right. aside. Okay. So Kitty Doyle, I don't know who the others yeah. were. Anyway, so, so that's grand. So he, then he said he wanted, so the season finished. Uh, stayed up that was when he, he'd done the dirt on uh, Dublin City yep. and jumped ship so anyway stayed up so he wanted to meet everyone so I arranged to meet him I was working at the time first active up in Rat Mines right and arranged to meet him in in Rat Mines he said he'd come out so we go down to this pub at lunchtime and he's not there and I ring him and I go where are you Eddie? Ah, sorry sorry mate sorry sorry he's on a boat 
thrown over to look at players. But he didn't ring in the didn't, job. No, okay, so we should have seen him writing on the wall there. But he told you so. He was supposed to meet you to discuss your contract and yeah. your playing time. And he doesn't turn up doesn't turn and then rings you and tells you, I'm, I'm actually out. I ring him. So and, you he him. and he actually tells yeah. you, I'm actually going on the boat to look at other players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a kick in the yeah. nuts that is now, let's be honest. So then I do meet him in swords and he says, yeah, I want you want you part of my plans, yeah. So I, I need this operation. So now at this stage, I'm, what am I, I'm 31, 32. I'm, so... Year before, like it's it, it it had been a slog. So you're you're working nine to five, training Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, game Friday. Really? Back in on Saturday morning. Come back okay. back in on Sunday morning. Your one day off is it Wednesday night. You come home and the missus. You're probably bollocks. You, do you want to do something? Oh yeah, and she turned around to be asleep. So yeah. it was it was a bit of a slog. So I I would have put the hand up and I would have walked away. Yeah. There and then. So but he says no. I want you part of the part of it. The plans go off and have your operation. So I went and had the operation. And what was the operation? The Gilmore grind. So right. it's 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 a hernia. Is it a fairly job. straightforward job where you fix it and that's it, or was there chances uh, that could go? Uh, wrong? No, no. I think once they get in there, they fix it. Now, when it, once they went in, they saw I was only meant to get one side done, and once they went, they saw it. It was in bits. So right. it was. <laughs> so it, it's a big rehab to get back from it. So I, I worked really hard on it. I was out running, I was living in Swords at the time, I was out running the fields of Swords, trying to get back. So, I get back to, say, the week before the season's to start, uh, to join the group, and immediately I noticed there's something wrong, you know, he's, I'm training me on. Really leaving in the road, surely. He's, he's blanking me. So, at the time as well, I decided I was going out on my own, setting up my own business. Right. So, there was no, there was no income coming in, so... The, the the football money would 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 have been necessary at the time. So anyway, he uh, I I noticed he's 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 blanked me. I noticed something wrong. So and I, bear in mind I I've been the captain now for a few so years. So we're talking when you say being blanked. What do you mean? You know when he's he's no interest. The cold in shoulder. It. Yeah, the cold shoulder. So I'm not taking this. So I pull him. We were up in the AML train and I pull him aside and. What's the story? Um, I need to know what's yeah. what's going on. And he the says, clarity be nice. He says, um, basically along the lines of, and he names starts naming players that I'm behind to get in. So pecking order, like. So he, he's up to naming everyone by the kit man. Is <laughs> <laughs> ahead of me in the centre half. He sa- so he says I'd give you a pay as you play contract, Ooh. but you will never play. Yeah. So I'm looking at him going. So I've, I've done the last three months working as hard as I've worked. That's, I, <laughs> it's just a bit cheeky, isn't it? It's like, you're not going to pay, but I'll give you a few quid if you do, which you won't. Yeah, Never that's pay. basically it. So he's able to go out and tell the papers and the fans that I've been offered a contract. Yeah, and he turned it down. And he turned it down. That's 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 his thoughts on it. So I wasn't taking that. I told him to, to shove it and said a few, few things in the papers. He came back with a few things in the papers. So. Was signing for Bowles a bit of a fuck you then? It, partly, partly. So <laughs> the season, so the season was starting that week, and every other club had their had their players. Yeah, like there wasn't. So Bowes were the only ones. Now that the couple of first divisions, Bowes came in. I was working in first active, and there was a good few in first active involved with Bowes at the time. Right. Um, and 
Yeah, there was a bit of a, a bit of a fuck you about it, uh, and I went up and. How did the fans take you there? Yeah, they never really. Talked. No, never, never talked to it at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who was Martin Balls? Gareth Farley. Oh, Gareth Were you part of that? No, he's retired by then. Yeah. He retired by then. We, we got him sacked eventually. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But actually, the the Balls won the one. He's like, very young. Gareth, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, that was. He was trying to be player manager, and he wasn't doing either. Is the, the, can you <laughs> yeah. think? Is there any? Uh, instance of a player manager being successful. Can you think of anything in any world football? What? I don't think, no, it, I don't don't think it ever happens, does it? Yeah, if you're going to be player manager, you either to be the best player in the team, yeah, or the most dedicated, yeah. Oh yeah, to have a good assistant. Yeah, but he, he, say, I wasn't, I, I wasn't full time. I only rocked up every Friday, maybe, and a bank holiday <laughs> <on> Monday. <laughs> That's the only time we saw me. But the. Uh, like when he when he'd have the lads running, he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. Ah, no. So a bit, bit of that, and he keep um, Hunt in uh, what's his first name? No, no. Um, Kevin, Kevin Hunt. Kevin Hunt. And Kevin Hunt was a far better player than he ever He's was. He's a bit of Rolls Royce, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't the best player, and he wasn't the most dedicated. So he was always going to struggle anyway. But we were playing. We were over South Park. Yeah, on the bench. I only played half a dozen. No, played a dozen games. We were warming up and the Roberts fans were chatting my name as I was warming up Bowes gear so that, that didn't go down well with the Bowes crowd. That was no. It. So, so it was, obviously they still yeah. fancied you and yeah, Paul. He's a maybe the fans kind of knew then because the word travels when you know what football is like word yeah. travels so possibly the Roberts fans knew you were done dirty. Yeah. Boy did. Roddy. Did. Have you ever been criticised by a fan who didn't didn't hear your side I, of the story. I, I, I get it hundred percent. Like I don't, like sign for balls. I shouldn't have done it. I know. That. <laughs> there was other things going on that I had to. It was to prove to myself that I could I could get back and play, which I didn't get back and play. But uh, the one that uh, so my dad had gone. He'd seen me play, nearly every game I played, and then I'm gone to balls. How did that? And he turns to me and he's. Do I have to go and watch you? I said, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> keep going out to, keep going out to Robert. <laughs> so, um, one season with Bowes and you retired and the, the one question I always ask is, can you remember the moment that you decided I'm done? Well, probably in around that when, yeah. when I was signing. Was there one particular moment when you just thought... Yeah, there was one I was training. This it was it, probably yeah. the bank holiday Monday and there was this young fella I think he could be locked up now, actually. I couldn't tell you his name. But there was a story about him afterwards. <laughs> he was only young, he was only 17. And I think we were doing 1v1s or something. So the ball's knocked up to him and he has to come and take me on. Like it, so he's only young, it shouldn't cause me any bother. But he comes up to me, drops his shoulder, has gotten up by me and scored. Mm. And I haven't even turned. <laughs> yeah. So I went, oh, no. It's, done. it's a young yeah. man's game. It's, yeah. not, it's not for me. And it, as I said, the, the slog, certainly the year before, it was that was tough going when you're nine to five. Like we yeah, under under Bucko we did we did a Tuesday morning. So I used to go into work on a Tuesday morning and I took the take the jacket off, put on the seat, put on the computer, I do a lap of the office, talk football or something with everybody. Yeah. And I go out the door, go up the tree rock rovers, go train and come back. Back by lunchtime nobody would know it. 
I was missing. No way. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Is this all right to air? Like, you know, <laughs> Now, the only, I came in a couple of times with, with a few cuts yeah. or limping or something. And were, oh, geez, what are you that, doing in the office? That was a tough meeting. That one, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it was, it was, so once you're in your in mid-30s, trying to hold down full-time job and also busy yeah. life. And then, so the, then I was going out on my own, which is even more time. So, no, it was always, I had offers I could have kept. And what had you? Well, what did you go out on your own and do? What, what? A, a brokerage, so mortgages, yeah. pensions, uh, life cover. So still going, whatever that is. Fifteen years, fifteen years. So it worked so. out in the end. Yep. Um, two hundred four league appearances and two hundred forty-four overall for the club, and you're still in. Robbo received pennants at a home game to dock two years ago. So two great servants. Was it a nice touch? Did you yeah, it? yeah, I know it is. They do things very well up there. Now, yeah, but it is. It, it is very good. Like Starting to kick on now as a club in general. Just it's it's got a more club feel now. Yeah. Like I mean, what the work that has been done at Tala has been nothing short of amazing. Right. But so even, it, even the youth structures, like yeah. they're the best in the country. Yeah, it's, it's like scary. It's only a matter of time to. See, the they do have the best young players, so it's only about time to see them coming up. This is something we spoke about, and yeah. the real roadstone product will be in the next five, six yeah, years. Yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah. they're the ones that started maybe two thousand, and they'd be born two thousand and nine because my young lads been in their league. And I always say that they're fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like the, their goalkeeper was better than. Any of our outfield lads, like the guy, the young guy, the long blonde hair, we call him oh, Pavel Nedved, we were calling him, he's, un, he's unbelievable. Yeah, Absolutely. it is, it's, it's great, they've asked me to do it a few times, but... You couldn't get the arm like, twisted? Well, it's, it's I'm living in Port Marnock, so yeah. they, they're out, they, they train more often than... Yeah, it's four nights a week, four nights a week for the kids. Yeah, I've yeah. young kids. Well, the Duffer doing half six, Duffer was doing half six before school. Before school, right? Yeah, and like that's I think that's all across the board from... Under eight, all the way up is four nights a week with the option of another one yeah. on the weekend on top of your game. So sitting on that M fifty four five no, times a week, I couldn't crack up, wouldn't you? If, if, if I was out near there, I would. Like, that's I, doing a great I, job, though, Rob. Was he just good? I'd always been a bit loop as a toy. He's doing a great job. That's something that someone said to me on our bus to Sligo last night. He was, I think it was his young fella was playing on the tens or something like that, and he he described it as robotic. And I said, well, listen, that's pretty much the way all the top academies are in, in Europe and in the world in general. I said, it's it, they are ruthless, and yeah. that's just how but they you, have to be. you got to decide whether you're going to be a community club. Like that, All the schoolboy clubs have that. So I'm out in Port Marnock, and Malahide is down below. And yeah. Whether you want to be a community club or a competitive club. So you've the Kevins, okay, they're going to have but they're ruthless. Yeah. So they, they'll get you in if you're no good, they'll get rid of you. That's so true. there's no yeah. loyalty. So it's, it's like the Orchard and any of these clubs that have conveyor belts, you could say, yeah. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I think we've gone down that. It's, a, it's an academy, it's an elite, is the yeah. word. That's, that's, that's the word, that's, isn't it? That's the word you use, yeah. But would it yeah. be great to see a couple of them kids playing the force here a couple of years? So that, it's that's it's it, already yeah. bearing a bit of fruit, though. I mean, the the, the product, I think the, the first real product you probably could say is Bazuna. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. And like, we can't claim... Uh, Bulger, young Bulger that went to Cardiff. We can't claim him because he was pretty much, I think he was Kevin's, wasn't he? Not mm. sure. Something along the lines yeah, of that. James Furlong went to the UK. Yeah, like the, our, our first real products yeah. will be in the, they'll, they'll be coming yeah, up soon. It's, it's, it's only a matter of time. Like, yeah, they're all playing in Europe as well. Yeah, that's so. it. Jaden, my young lad's playing for Esker, and that team isn't there anymore. They've bumped, they've jumped yeah. up. So And then they're going, like, I know it was Jake Carlo was starting to see the under nines, under tens. They went over to Southampton. Couple of weeks ago, yeah, that was at six in the morning. They went, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be very good. 
And they're, they're, they're knocking... Yeah. <laughs> they're knocking the stuff on the house. They'll sit you well, right? Yeah, these young boys, That's yeah. what you do, you have to... Yeah. yeah, see where you're at in relation to these other top academies. So Terry, you've been doing something on the podcast in recent weeks, uh, an all-time 11. So we got somebody to say, like, give us your four best goalkeepers from the Milltown here, and he would give us four. So we're doing pre and post Milltown. Yeah. And then another guy would say, nominate four goalkeepers since 1987. And then it would keep going to a poll. So the fans are voting for their favourite keeper in different areas. So McKeever went left-back. Send it back, right back. So the send it backs, uh, you'd be happy to hear you were nominated. So it was Lee Grace, Dan Murray, Craig Savez, and you. So Jason Maloney. Post what? Post 1987. So Jason Maloney reckons you're among the four best send it backs to play for us in 30 years. Unfortunately, you did not win the poll though. Uh, it was Lee Grace tapped it. Lee Grace topped yeah, it. He's, and he's a smashing player. He, I, I think he had his best game in a Rovers jersey against Balls last week. Mm. He, he was unbelievable. He won every yeah, single he's, he's ball. He's very solid, very yeah. dependable. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting every week. Lovely yeah. with the ball at speed. Well. Yeah, do you have a lot of good balls. Lopez has arguably been the, been the had a better season this mm. season. And mm. he's, he really has rose above. Got, got himself a couple of goals. And he got himself a cap. Well, not yet, but he's in the international oh, yeah, squad now. Cape Verde, yeah. 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 So it was a big so thing. So who's favourite for a player of the year? Jack was you, shall we? Oh, no, this is over. We haven't, talk, we haven't talked about this in a while, have we? Started the season, it was Bodger and O'Brien. Then O'Brien it, was, was outrageous all season. Then, then, it, picked then it became up Jack Byrne. Jack, uh, possibly... I mean, Jack... P- Pete Green are up there. It's actually the toughest one in years. I can't think. Tough one. Pico probably at the minute. Pico's been excellent. He's got himself into the squad for Cape Verde. Start to finish, I think. Couple of goals. Jack Bourne. Because the assists are... I've never seen figures like this before. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Jack Bourne will probably streak it for me. But our young player of the year is, another, is an issue now because I can't really... How are we going to suss this no. one out as regards to 23 and all well, that? Jack and McAniff, they're, they're young enough to qualify, but... Do they qualify for it? I suppose. Well, then that's it. Yeah. They, they qualify for it, then, you, then they're eligible yeah. to be voted for. So the, yeah. it has to be Jack. Jack will streak yeah, on with yeah. that. Go with Jack. And I mentioned Jason Maloney there. He was nominating you for, for best centre-back. He also started that song for you. That was to the tune of uh, Keep the Green Flag Flying High. So it went like this. It went, uh, he stayed, <laughs> he's all singing, but I'll just say, he, he stayed with the hoops through thick and thin. He loves to see the Rovers win. He's Shamrock Rovers through and through. Oh, Terry Palmer, we love you. So, do you remember <laughs> that song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sing it to the kids. Sing it to himself. Sing it to himself. So we have our last batch of questions and some more serious than others. So Dara Donovan asked Richie how many times he put Mark Rutherford in hospital. Hey, <laughs> 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 no Sparky still going. That um, was just once. I think it was. Uh, we were playing. I was playing with the dog. He was playing with shells. We were playing that President's Cup. It was. It was right. kind of a, the first game before the European games. And brought back now. We'll yeah. be. We'll be in it next season. Yeah, it's been brought back. It was yeah, right yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So we were playing them in Tolkien, and Tommy was playing with shells. And Tommy played a ball down to Mark on the, on the wide left and right. I came flying in. He's here. I just touched the ball away, right. but his leg got wedged and it could have snapped, you know. Right? So it looked worse than it was, you know. Right? Now I know I got a lot of abuse, but I can honestly say that I'd never go out to hold anyone. Yeah. So after that, that was it, you know. But I mean, I don't think Mark ever forgave me or whatever it was, but I mean, it was, a, it was an honest tackle 
or it wasn't malicious. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens, yeah. doesn't it? Though I mean, I think it depends on the, the attitude of the player as well. Like some players that you you just get the vibe that they would do that. Like, yeah. For instance, I I think Killian Brennan's that type of player. He wouldn't be uh, one of our favorite players through the years, and he's just strikes me as that type of player. He'd leave the foot in. Yeah. So I don't think he'd be regarded as one of those. When the question came in, I didn't know what the story was. I just thought maybe he's had a rivalry or something. No, after that then. Yeah. And it, it was gas there because when I went to Rovers, this is what happened at the dark, but this had gone on for years and years and it, it was always tough playing against him because of this issue. But every time we played at the half of Rovers, every time we played shells, Mick used to play me right full. <laughs> <laughs> to Mark, Mark, you know, it was just... Oh, uh, so we'd uh, Hugh O'Connor ask Richie did he ever catch up with the Shells announcer the Shells announcer Hugh O'Connor asks that one that doesn't ring a bell doesn't no. mean anything else no. Shells announcer did he say something about you Shells announcer the Shells PA announcer I don't know does not ring any bells no it doesn't ring a bell there, uh, James Waltz now Wally catch him anyway James Waltz is going to ask a while he was on the bus last night and uh, I, I live in Lucan so who's this Wally is it yeah James Walsh I've got from Talent I don't know Wally from Talent no it's not James but either way we get off the bus yeah. and he gets off with me and I, I says well, just, well, will he, is this where you live he goes no sure we're going to yoga <laughs> so he expected that he jumped off the bus thinking that the session was on in mine and he ended up losing his wallet the whole lot I don't even know how he got home but he wants to know the, the, I think he's taking the piss too. Yeah. <laughs> he actually one. hasn't got back because his wallet was on the bus and the driver was trying to meet him in town um, he says do you know Ryan Usher so this is just a piss take from Ryan who was in yeah. the stadium with the with the suit on they obviously saw it on Ryan yeah, in the paper so, anyway, yeah yeah and follow up from that, do either of you know what noise a fox makes? Because uh, we, we prank called Ryan Usher. Like our he, he, was, he was eating up all the publicity and straight after he had <laughs> been contacted by every paper. So I rang him up and I, I duped him into thinking he was going to the late late. Yeah, I see that. And he, he tried to get him to make what noise a fox makes. Oh, was, yeah. was, was <laughs> he had, had him barking and meowing and everything. So... Um, Ray Ray Whelan says, "What's a tracker mortgage?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best and worst moments of football. Now we might give you a minute or two to think about this one. Um, any any takers to go first? I'll go with you, Terry. Uh, worst is probably that that injury. Okay, we'll give you that one, but I'm going to give it a six four. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> uh, and best. Never seen anyone so reluctant to talk about a match yeah. as he was. Genuinely as well. That's 6 4. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth. I haven't thought yeah. about it. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get on to good things. Yeah, yeah. yeah best. That, oh, that European trip. Yeah. That was very good now, I have to say. And then beating them when we came home. Came home, beating them. Uh, now, we ran out of legs then for the following game, but we. Uh, they were, that trip was brilliant. Really yeah. yeah. And as I said, the fans back in the. In, we had a lovely hotel. And the fans back, and we we parties a lot. Yeah, it was just a good overall yeah, experience. Yeah. And what about you, uh, Richie? Uh, worst probably be the OG <laughs> <laughs> and the injury, that bad injury. Yeah. Best uh, probably winning the PFA Young Player of the Year. That was a nice one because you're yeah, kind of voted that's by, huge. Yeah, because that you're voted huge. by your fellow pros. You know, what I mean? 
So that was probably a nice one with the tuxedo and all that was probably. And where know. where were you playing when you were voting for that? Uh, I was a dock. I was playing really full. full. Yeah, so I was quite a big fan. You already have the board, so that was yeah. probably that was a nice one. Really. Can you remember who got player of the year that year? Uh, we could have got the award. Video could have been video records or what year we? Oh, it's here somewhere. Two, I can't remember what it was. Two. The year. was it? Oh, the year was 92 yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll give you, we'll ask you our funniest moments in football, and then we'll ask that, we'll, we'll, while you're thinking, we'll, we'll do the other question actually, so yeah. so we will ask you what your funniest moment in football is, so you can think about it, but the best player you played with and against, Richie? Um, now this can be anywhere, this can be a skill boys, right? anything. Uh, by far, Roy was the best. Right here. Really? Yeah, boy, far. As a schoolboy, like he was an international star major. Was he that good as a schoolboy, yeah? Um, he was when he could have got older, when he played the youth team and all he was. Like when he came, I did a course from out Parmesan. That's yeah. what he remember. He was a cowboy, he was a home farmer. It was, good at this. It was the force I did to keep the league. You were on his, if it was uh, Fost? It was yeah, the yeah, one, yeah, the Fost we did at Parmesan. No way, it's still going to this day. Yeah, was Fost, yeah. And he wasn't even the best player, would you believe it? He was about mm, the Tour of Fort. He says that himself, doesn't he? Did but you he, cope against him in, when he was a cop in the yeah, first division? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, it was yeah. very, and for us, it was weird because I was talking to him a while after, but he was playing for Cole's first team, I was playing for Hull Farm's first team. But his trial was organised because he was playing for Cove eight days had a Belmo in the All Ireland right. in Fairview. Yeah. And he played and he had a storm and that's how he got his trial. Because yeah. he had wrote everywhere for trials. Yeah. And that's how it worked out. And then he didn't really show in for Cove's first team. But when he went into the Irish night days, I was still involved, he was just class, you know. Yeah. He was you could see he was just getting better and better, you know. I'd say League of Ireland had to be like Coyle, Lee Coyle was That's great. That's what I was going to say. So yeah. Lee was the best. Yeah. Of, yeah. He was just, yeah. And he's on good leg. It's Terry's right. He's on good leg. And that's yeah. the best player you've played against. Like, it could be any any moment. Best any, player any, uh, It's probably against, I have to say, Lee again. Yeah. I played against him because I was with him at Derry and I played against him, you know. In class. We, had, we were playing how far with a couple of times. I was at Derry. We were getting beat one day. Lee was in trouble. He had his knee strapped and all that. There was about 20 minutes to go and he brought him on. And I threw one in from a throw in. And he took a touch and he bent it with his left foot straight at the top corner. Wood <laughs> all, big crowd. And I think Tarby played a ball into him outside the box. He tore it and he hit it straight at the top corner, two wood, and he took it back off. <laughs> he took it back on, yeah. <laughs> no. He took it back off, yeah, because he could hardly walk. Yeah. One, two, yeah. Wood, yeah. What about you, Terry? Well, I'd say Liam Coyle definitely. Uh, I've never seen him play. Liam yeah. Coyle had his testimonial in 1990, Gare. Yeah, and he went on to score the winning goal against us in the cup in 2002. That's right. With only one leg. A testimonial. Yes. Not, in 1990. Yeah. 12 years later. He was going to be annoyed at all he was before this league, wherever like, the ball was flaking, he was telling me. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, he, he could do things with football to Russ, couldn't he? And he was big and he yeah. was strong and he, he could flick the ball outside left, outside right. He was, he was my Excellent, yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like that was then the knees started going, but he was still he still at the class. Still he never run behind, no. never do anything. Uh, but he was yeah. He, so he, what about played with best player you played with? Probably the most talent was Mark Kenny. Yeah. Right? Um, he he could pick a pass and he could obviously all his free kicks, but he had ability to yeah. see a pass. He, he still has it today. I give you that. He still has pings ball around, yeah, ping balls around Pierce Park. Yeah. So he doesn't do once. He doesn't have to move. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he played five in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> he was the passenger. Yeah. Who, do uh, think, who do you think was your best uh, centre half partner at Rovers? 
Who did you enjoy most actually playing with? Well, the best was probably Pascoli. Uh, only for a year or two. Is he as mad as people say? No, not really. No, no. no. I, like, I like Pat. Uh, he just did a job. He wanted, yeah. he wanted it done well. He was down on, on probably a down. Disciplinarian, you could say. Well, he just wanted things done right. I yeah. know the, the various stories associated with him, and when he yeah. became manager, he's very strict. But he wanted things done right. Yeah. And on the pitch, he demanded of you. Um, like if ball came in the box, he would attack it. Yeah. And he put he put his body on the yeah, line. Um, so probably probably Pat. Yeah. yeah. And then we're back to funniest moments yeah. if you can take any funny moments. Could be on or off the pitch, I suppose. There's one like it's not nothing to do with me, and I wasn't even there. But my dad up in Finn Harps, uh, he went in for went in for drinks or something, and the bus is headed away, and he's chasing the bus down the road <laughs> before he died. So he was about a mid seventies. Uh, this ha- this this is a regular thing. I chips out after me in Cork, and I was running the bus. <laughs> came out, and the bus was gone. It's Forgot like a, all about like it. Chips running down. <laughs> but he wouldn't, yeah. He didn't have that story because I don't think he remembers. <laughs> and uh, what about yeah. Richie? Funny I'd have Jewish. to say, probably the fo- it's a hard work. Well, Jay got flouted to uh, Phil Harris's footy, I tell you, right? We travelled up, you drove up that day. I think he played a match that morning, didn't he? Yeah, he played for, must have been for the Dubs. Yeah, I think it was. And we drove up and he just see this play. We're on the pace of play, just getting up to just was he in his gear running out? I, I think he had his gay the gear on. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah. He was like JP McMahon is getting out of the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't win. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the thing. You didn't, we didn't even win the game. After all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the side shot. So Terry, uh, always a Rowers fan. Do you still get to the games as much as you can? I go when I can, yeah. Young fella now. So I was, I was coaching Lancer Senior for the last few years, but I had to take a step back. The young kids wanted to it's um, it's a it's a commitment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And my kids now are playing, so I, I actually have both their teams. I've done under under eight boys and under eleven girls, so that takes enough of my time. But yeah, I do, I do. I wasn't able to get out Fridays because I was managing Malahide and we played Fridays. But uh, yeah, I get out when I can. Uh, Would that have been the team with Crow in it? No, 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 no. no. This would been. It's only two years ago, so it's all. So. I'm only in Port Marnock over the hill and when I started doing my badges uh, I was just I was coaching under 15s or under 14s then so they just came back to me and said well they wanted to keep it local based um, and that suited me great setup as well uh, yeah we, we've, like, it took us a little while to, to get them going we, we, we did well in the end we, uh, but again the commitment was too much and I knew to take it to the next level competing with the likes of Cromwell which you mentioned earlier we we uh, I need more time and yeah. coming home after work and you're not going to again dad and all this so uh, no I play my bit of golf bit of tennis coach the kids actively um, pursuing badges now or are you going to take no I have an A badge so that's enough for me yeah. I, won't, I don't certainly not in the near future I don't see myself anywhere yeah. as I said the under 8 boys and the under 11 girls that's okay. it is that is a commitment people like you said that's what four nights a week maybe on different nights yeah, yeah so yeah, you're still, yeah, you're still yeah, active yeah. but so. I always said that that's why I started doing my badges was that I knew I would be doing their team so yeah. I might as well yeah. and then one badge led to another and led to another and then just went for kept it. getting offers and I said we could go down we'd have a look and yeah. so yeah we in the future I might return to it but moment that's my my commitment 
So how have you kept busy since retirement, Richard? Yeah, well, I could have to. I try to go up to as many games as I can, but with the boys playing Friday, if it's Richie's playing with Bray or Danny's playing, I've got to watch them, you know. And even the daughter, Ella's playing, she plays a killer man, so we're always, you know, bringing one to train on Tuesday, or you're bringing another child to train yeah. So you're always going to go. I was managing Rovers kids years ago, I had Richie's team in Axie, but it's very hard to manage when your son isn't playing involved as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I could have let them step away and I just watch them, you know. Yeah. But uh, we're always, Ella plays Sunday, Daniel plays Sunday, or Friday. Richie was playing Fridays and Andy could play Friday or something. So the whole weekend is gone. So I enjoy, I enjoy actually watching them or sometimes always playing, you know. Mm. So that was really good. So right, I think it. that is it for today, lads. Um, yeah, big thanks to both of you. Big thanks no for coming in. Thank you. And uh, all the best in the future. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, thanks lads. Yeah. Thanks, lads.